All right, Briggs, time to do the podcast. No. Oh, Sammy's asleep. Oh. Hey, he was rocking too hard at the metal show last night. Look at him all tuckered out. Should I boil some water and we can wake him up? No, but I am worried about him, what with all the men in their late 20s, early 30s being killed in their sleep lately. Ooh, I got a great idea. Hold on. I, I got this from the last viewing uh, g- gathering I, I had for Inception. It's an Inception briefcase. We can go into his dream. Oh, cool. Is that like a needle that you put in your arm? or They didn't really make it clear in that movie, did they? Uh, no, this is a straw. You can just put it in your mouth. Oh, okay. I'll see you in dreamland, bro. See you then. Some movies make you feel good. Some movies make you sick. But the best movies come in threes. Baby, let's take a trip tick. Ooh, it's a nice dream you got here, Briggs. Hey, yeah. It's pretty cool in here, ain't it? Yeah. So, uh, what are we doing in your dream? Uh, I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. They say dream, you know, they say that dreams only last like a couple of seconds, like right before you wake up. Well, maybe we have enough time to talk about uh, three of our favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Wait, is, is that such a good idea while we are in here? Because, you know, it might bring him out. Voldemort? No, that's he who shall not be named. I'm talking about... Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's got a fair point, but listen, since we're already here, we can just imagine up the podcast stuff, and we can just record it in here. Whoa, we're back in the studio now. Wow. And the studio being, you know, wherever we can finagle to record in at any given time. Well, it's only limited by your dreams, so I don't know why you picked here. Guys, in my dreams, I can walk. <laughs> do I have Very to, good. Do I have to kneecap you again to fix that? No, please. <laughs> I got kneecapped after you guys doxed me last episode. <laughs> so I'm in a wheelchair in the real world, but in the in the dream world. But when you wake up, no. it's back in the saddle again. All right, so it's the dream trilogy, you guys. Oh my god. Welcome to Triptych. It's very exciting to be here, guys, in Briggs' dream while we discuss a fantastic trilogy of horror that and I, I think, very much love. I think this is also the first trilo- like singled-out trilogy of... In the middle of a larger franchise that That's we've never know. tried. Uh, what about out. what about the Thorn trilogy? Yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> this, is, this is kind of our move because you know when we do our thirteenth episode, I won't divulge what it is. We'll be doing another in the middle of it trilogy. See, I'm running on very little sleep, so you're gonna have to bear with me right now. This is this right here. This podcast is the most sleep I've gotten in days. Yeah, I know, dude. It's Sorry. okay. We forgive you. Yeah. No. <laughs> but uh no i'm i'm very excited i know sam has been very excited for uh for this one oh yes you know like when it comes to like uh the big horror franchises that we've tackled on here you know i'm a huge chainsaw guy 
Kreider's a big uh, Hall- uh, Halloween diehard. Yeah, I'm, Michael Myers. I, I imagined up his bedroom for our studio to record in today, and I'm literally sitting next to his Michael Myers shrine right now of all these action figures, and it's fucking awesome. Not but, just uh, action figures, but there's like little pops, and there's also tiny masks. Yeah, exactly. And there's an actual mask right here. Yeah, and a yeah. big plushie. With a sombrero, which kind of ties into another future episode we're doing in a few in a few months. Oh yeah. my goodness! But we can uh, drop hints. <laughs> but uh, but no, Sam though is our resident nightmare fan. Absolutely, I love the nightmare series. They're just, you know, like I'm not a big horror fan. I don't know if anybody's caught on to that, but you know, and there's a lot of issues that I have with just a straight Especially up slasher. slashers. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Freddy is just so very creative in its kills and in its setup, and the character is just a lot of fun to watch, Freddy Krueger. Well, you know, it's like we've been on both sides of the spectrum where, like, um, Scream has no supernatural elements. We did Halloween when it kind of dipped into the supernatural elements. (laughs) Jason gets supernatural by, like, the fourth, not by, like, the sixth one. Yeah. Although you could argue that he's fairly supernatural prior to that. I mean, he's a big mutant frog boy. Yeah. And what I like about Freddy, though, is that he comes out already jumping the shark. Yeah, Because he's a dream guy. You know, Nightmare is held up as one of the big iconic slasher genres. But I think just calling A Nightmare on Elm Street a slasher movie does a major disservice to it. Because it's so much more than just that. Like, this is when... We're really starting to dabble in more fantastic elements with the story, uh, effects-wise, especially in the films that we're covering today. Like, the first two films were fairly lower-budget fare, but once we get to Nightmare 3, Dream Warriors, and especially when we get to Nightmares 4 and 5, these are all-out special effects films with huge production value and set design, which you didn't really see in any of the other big franchises at that point. So I feel like just calling Nightmare a slasher does a major disservice to it. Yeah, I'm going to go into them with each one, but I feel like these three specifically kind of shape the iconography of the character, like maybe even more so than the original film itself. Oh, no, I completely agree. It's like, you know, Freddy... Freddy is a good boogeyman in the first two movies, but I mean, like, he doesn't really have all that much to do aside from just, like, kill. <laughs> mm. But um, but I feel like three and four in particular are kind of where we start to see Freddy's personality really start to shine through, which, no, is an- uh, absolutely. which is another big element that none of the other franchises had. None of these films had killers with like real personalities mm-hmm. until Freddy came out. And then you notice after Freddy, you start seeing franchises like Child's Play with Chucky. Chucky's all personality. The Leprechaun, very personality-oriented. Hellraiser, Pinhead, and the Cenobites have their own distinct personality. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, guys, killers don't have to always be a masked-up, silent, hulking monster. Yeah, like, like, you know, you have Batman, but not every character has to be Batman. Sometimes you have to have a Spider-Man or Superman to be just break up the types of superheroes that exist. Exactly. I um I do like that we get into the backstory of Freddy on these though, where three and five really dip, dip into the whole. His mom was like a nun that got sexually assaulted by a hundred maniacs. Yeah. yeah, we'll go into each one, but uh, yeah, we get more of that. Although I, you know, 
just to talk a little bit about it, I didn't always have the best. I didn't have the best experience the first time I checked out this franchise. Oh yeah. The first movie I ever watched from this franchise was the awful 2010 reboot. Oh Jesus. Which I still haven't seen. You haven't really? seen it? No, I'm curious. I oh. saw that one in the theater. It's the only way I could really describe it is colorless. You know, there there's <laughs> there's some ideas in the remake. That don't they I, have like the idea that if you're sleep deprived, you'll fall asleep involuntarily? Type yeah. Of thing? Well, it's no, I mean, yes and no. Like yes and no. Like it's it's. I think from what I remember, it's uh, they delve into a concept called like micro napping or something, where it's like your subconscious kind of starts to shut down while you're awake. So it's like you are awake, but slowly slipping into a dreamlike state that's not just like straight up asleep which i really liked that because like there was there was one really cool shot in the movie and it's in the trailers too where it's like a guy is in like a convenience store or something like that and you just see the long shot going down the aisle and it's like somewhat kind of blinking turning into the boiler room hallway Um. and you see freddy at the end of the hallway walking it's like that's fucking awesome like that's a really cool concept and then like you know, I actually didn't mind Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy Krueger. You know, Robert England stated at the time, you know, he's not doing it again. He's old. He doesn't want to come back. And so it's like this part was going to be recast one way or another. And I mean, for what it is, I mean, obviously no one is ever going to top Robert England. But no, I mean, I like I liked Jackie Earl Haley. Though. I like Jackie Earl Haley in concept. It's just that in writing, the movie just falls apart. I feel it like was if, right after Watchmen, so we thought that'll be cool. If he had had a better script, I think he could have done way better. I Absolutely. always blame the script first. It's it was all part of that kind of weird area of uh, horror remakes where they're also trying to make the character a bit more sympathetic. Yeah. yeah, which is like, you know, for a child murderer, I don't think is very important. I agree. Uh, and but and then after that, I kind of got a little bit more into it by uh, Freddy versus Jason, which, you know, you've gotten to see now, Chris, recently. I love Freddy versus Jason, but it's a, that's still not a great intro out of Freddy. It's not a great intro, but it's very funny. It's kind of it's it's also not a great intro for Jason because no. all these rules are made up for just this movie. I know, like Jason's afraid of water, which is never, ever a thing. But, but yeah, like the, like there's just like stuff made up for these characters that are just made up for the versus movie. It but it is still a better movie than like say Alien versus Predator. I saw that I saw Freddy versus Jason in the theater when I was 11 years old. My dad took me to uh, what's well, now Cinemark, but it was still Movie Co back then. I went dressed as Freddy Krueger. That's cute. Did you have a mask? Uh no, but I had the shirt and I had the hat and the glove. Nice. Um, close enough. And then I remember uh, they uh, they thought there. This is back. I don't know if you guys remember a time when they used to for big event movies like that. They would have uh, cosplayers or whatever come dress up as characters and be like out in the lobby of the theater. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sam remembers. Yeah. Um, and so they had people dressed up as horror characters out there. Like there was a Freddy, there was a Jason, there was a Michael Myers, and nice. they saw me dressed up, and they all came and wanted to get a photo op which was awesome <laughs> i've dressed up for a few movies myself yeah sam dressed up as rorschach when we went and saw Watchmen. nice <laughs> back when i didn't understand the text as well as i should have <laughs> i know dude it's like it's just, rorschach is my favorite hero i just wish his mask didn't have a picture of my parents fighting on it <laughs> true but um but uh and then uh and then so, so yeah got in high school i definitely that. showed you it the was by one. high school you showed me the the first one, which is when I really like 
got into it more like that like the imagery in that one Wes Craven really is a great horror director that's when it really like shows in it's it's definitely one of his finer hours for sure absolutely I like um Wes Craven his ability to sustain a mood is really interesting oh yeah and tonally all of his movies are very odd like they kind of range between comedy and horror even as far back as like Hills Have Eyes or Last House on the Left. Oh yeah, absolutely. Last House on the Left with like the uh, the piece of shit goofy cops. I know they have Halloween Five cops essentially. It's like that '80s tone of grit and all and comical and theatrical kind of thing. You know that gets a little more '90s as these as this franchise goes on. But he had that tone nailed down a lot better. And I also think like. It. It's more realistic to have characters with a little bit of a sense of humor. Oh, absolutely! And like people are way too serious in a lot of these, a lot of horror movies that get made. It's starting to get a bit less stiff now, especially with the new Scream. Go watch the new Scream, by the way. New Scream, Five Cream, great. New Scream was incredible. Like objectively speaking, probably the best in the series we've gotten so far. Mm -hmm. Nostalgically speaking, I still love the first one the most, but I still put the new one like right alongside it it was fantastic but what i was going to get at also though is you know in addition to being a great horror director Wes craven is a great writer also he wrote the first nightmare on elm street he helped write the uh the dream dream warriors Warriors. we'll be talking about and it's like arguably the first movie and dream warriors are objectively the best movies in the whole series you could argue dream yeah. warriors is essentially like a retake at part two yeah yeah and then yeah let's talk briefly about part two if you don't mind i know totally like part, i like part two i like part two i love part two i feel like some of the like it's definitely gotten a greater amount of love recently on the internet especially well. due to the documentary yeah and i was it you that pointed out sam though that it's like when you go into it expecting gay subtext there's actually not that much yes and also i feel like the subtext if you do read into it it's a bit negative yeah it's kind of it does portray homosexuality as a monstrous child murderer that lives inside your heart and that the only way is to just like have your girlfriend like get it out of you which is not exactly great but i mean when it comes to horror gay subtext isn't always that good well that's a really common thing with horror movies where they'll use mental health as like a metaphor but it's like so this person's literally a possessed by a demon because they have depression in your like that the allegories fall apart under scrutiny the psychology is uh horribly monsterized in horror movies anyway it's getting better now like yeah. i said prestige horror there's people that bitch about it now but like like prestige horror is trying to take this you genre pres- of prestige horror so that's what they called or, it on screen it, no, no they called it elevated, elevated horror that, oh elevated horror. that's honestly i'm, I'm one elevated of- baby that's honestly one of my favorite parts in that movie. I just, I love that where it's like, I'm more into elevated horror. What the fuck does that mean? It's like, <laughs> oh, it's, you know, horror movies that, you know, they're still scary, but like, you know, they deal more in like drama and, and uh, human emotion and blah, blah, blah. That sounds fucking boring. <laughs> <laughs> I do, you know, I understand, but also you know, some elevated horror, you know, like you got to really... It's all that boring stuff that makes it better when someone gets their head knocked off or someone burns to death. Hereditary is one of the most horrifying movies I've seen in the theater in years. It's also very funny. Rewatching it a second time, it's a total comedy. Yeah. Especially when you're watching it with other people in the theater and you're just waiting for them to, like, see, you know? (laughs) What a great theatrical experience Hereditary was. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
But, but uh, uh, I wonder if we'll ever, like, maybe, you know, because there are, like, okay, so there's, like, nine uh, Freddy movies, and you could tie to... Yeah, like you can do like three separate trilogies if we ever wanted to. So we, we're of course doing Dream, Dream, and then we'll do then we do like what I think anyway, because I think in my in my opinion after one it kind of branches off between two and three, and you could do one trilogy where it's one, two, and Freddy's dead, where it's like oh he's just just savaging all the children in the, in the town until there's nobody left, and then you got your next trilogy which is all about the rebooting, which is uh you know new nightmare. Freddy vs. Jason and t- 2010 reboot. Interesting. Mm. I never thought I, of it that I think way. a good trilogy would be uh, we do Jason Goes to Hell, Freddy's Dead, then Freddy vs. Jason. Well, I'd already thought of using uh, both Jason Goes to Hell and Freddy vs. Jason in a different trilogy. I had thought of. Because, see, that Friday is another one where there's a gold mine of trilogies you can mine from that. We've already got something planned for later in the year, but one other trilogy I'd thought of is the New Line trilogy, which would be Jason Goes to Hell, Jason X, and Freddy vs. Jason. Because those are the only three movies in the franchise that were exclusively done by New Line. That'd be yeah. interesting. Jason X did not age well. No, <laughs> that's my intro into that franchise. That's a that's a Star Wars prequel. But you know what? We're talking about the competition now. We're here to talk about the Dream Master himself. We're here to talk Freddy Krueger. What do you say we go ahead and get into Dream Warriors? Yeah, let's jump into it, guys. Let's do it into the Dream. We're the Dream Warriors. Wow, Briggs, that sounded really weak. Dream Warriors. After a few years, Nancy returns to face her fears and save the last surviving children of Fred Krueger's killers. New final girl Christian is brought to the hospital for the exhaustingly insane, coincidentally locked up with all the kids Freddy's looking for. But Christian isn't your normal final girl. She can pull people into her dreams to get killed with her. Now, with Nancy's help, the dream children can get in an organized line to die, but with superpowers, ranging from magic to knives and even jumping high. With their combined strength, someone else kills Freddy in a sick, holy whiskey bone-burning car ceremony, but not before Nancy dies to deliver the final kill. We're the dream warriors! Nice. Don't want to dream no more! I'm literally wearing my Dawkins shirt right now. Oh, okay, that's the band that did that? Yeah. Oh, nice! Although this is not the album that Dream Warriors came from. Dream Warriors was recorded specifically for this. No, right now I'm wearing my Tooth and Nail shirt that my dude Critical Madness on Instagram did. And in the opening credits, when she turns the radio on, it's Dawkins Into the Fire, which was one of the big singles off of tooth and nail is that like the creature from the black lagoon's hand uh maybe i don't know maybe (laughs) it's a cool i love that style hell yeah so yeah dream Dream warriors Warriors. is fucking awesome dream warriors is quite awesome i remember seeing this i think it was 2020 halloween you were showing me all the freddies initially 
Yeah, no, like 2020, we did like a huge slasher binge where like I was like, I'm going to watch every Friday movie, every Halloween movie, every Friday movie. I think we got together at my place to watch Dream Warriors, didn't we? Yes. We, we met, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do remember that because I got the whole thing on Blu-ray, so. Yep. Uh, Dream Warriors is such a fun movie. It's so 80s. To, it's so to puppety. Me, to me, Dream Warriors is Apex Nightmare on Elm Street. Like that, that and four are like that... That is the essence of what this franchise was meant to become. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, just very 80s. This one gets a little more action-y, I would say. Absolutely. You know, like the original one, like Nancy and the friends are a bit more like, I mean, not, not to put this movie down, but more grounded as far as like teenagers think. Yeah, she does a Home Alone on Freddy at the end. And this one is more like, oh, we're going to you know, actually try and fight as best we can, even though they don't really do all that well. Which, you know, there could have been a good psychological angle to it about, like, guiding your dreams since they are supposed to be a psych group, you know? But yeah. they don't really dip into, like, any real psychology in this. There's a lot of missed opportunities, but it, like, it's just kind of... But that that would have improved something that right now is more just window dressing for a, just a good 80s action horror film. But yeah, like, I love, I love older professional Nancy. Yeah. With the one white streak through her hair. Yeah, to show that time has passed and that she's traumatized from that time her boyfriend got blended into the ceiling. I know. Right? She's seen some things, man, and some stuff. People she... seem to still, like, live at that house whenever we look at Nancy's house. There's always someone living there, and they always well, call it Freddy's house. Yeah, well, no, there's no one living in there at this point. This is, this yeah, is it's abandoned. Yeah, this is officially our debut of the abandoned freddy house which yeah it's like everyone calls it freddy's house it's not freddy's house it's nancy's house is it the boiler room where they burnt him though no it's no, not like that's another thing is that the boiler room like imagery uh, like the, it does seem to come from this movie but i don't know but and it just seems to be like an exaggeration of is, her basement is there not a boiler room in the opening of the first one there is, and there's burns a, herself. there's a boiler room in the first one, and then of course there's the iconic like kind of maze like factory industrial setting where we always end up in these movies where he's chasing them around, mm -hmm. and we get that to some degree in Dream Warriors, but uh, no, she, he was not burned alive in in Nancy's basement to begin with. I mean, she killed him that way in the first movie, but. Um, initially, though, when the parents burned him, though, he was in a boiler room elsewhere. So was he, like, surrounded and they just poured gasoline in? No, he... Yeah. Wasn't he burned in his house? That's what Freddy's dead would have you believe. <laughs> um, but, um... Yeah. But, like, um... I remember, uh, uh, I think in 2, you actually go to, like, the factory, abandoned factory area where he supposedly took all of his kids. To, yeah. Yeah, we do. We do actually, right? Yeah. So he was killed like in like an industrial boiler room setting. So, so. we can I think that Dream Warriors would consider part 2 non-canon, right? Probably. That's what I've always thought. Cuz like there wouldn't be like cuz Freddy manifested in the real world for a whole pool party in that one. Yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. Like, I love that scene. Oh god, that's such a goofy ass scene. He's it's like like when the pool starts boiling and they just get out. You are all my children. No. He's like waddling around in his sweater. Yeah, <laughs> he, looks like an, he looks like an orc in Lord of the Rings. She's like, ah, I'm gonna get you. Ah, I'm Freddy. On uh, these movies, mark a sharp decline in the Freddy makeup from three to five. 
Yeah. Well, no. I I feel like the by f- part five, it's pretty rough. Yeah. Part yeah, five part, is where it's definitely not as part good. five is the decline. I would argue that three and four are kind of like the definitive look for the character. Very like, shiny. Yeah. Very kind of gooey, na- gooey, nasty. But like, there's a lot of detail in his face. Like you can see how it took them hours to apply all this makeup to Robert England's face. Whereas mm-hmm. yeah, in five, you got like the rubbery mask like look, which looks terrible. Mm-hmm. But, um, who directed this one? Who directed part three? I think, uh, Chuck Russell directed this one. Yep. He directed Chuck something else. The blob. Oh, the blob remake. The, the oh my God. Blob. Yeah. That nice. was one of the best remakes ever, in my opinion. Uh, that explains his love of the color pink. But yeah. uh, and and the mask. But of course, the mask, the Jim Carrey, the mask. Yep, the Jim Carrey, the mask. Wow. But of course, you know Chuck Russell is not the only big talent we have working on this. So, like I mentioned, Wes Craven wrote the script, but he wrote it in collaboration with Chuck Russell and a young Frank Darabont. No shit. Yeah. Wow, Frank mm-hmm. Darabont. Holy shit. Wow. Of course, we all know what he would go on to. He did fucking... He was doing... Green little... Mile, Shawshank Redemption, exactly. The Mist. Walking Dead. That'd be a pretty good Stephen King trilogy. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to do that one. That would get darker as we go along, though. And less commercially successful. Oh. <laughs> the, the Mist wasn't commercially successful? No, no dude. Like, you, haven't, you ever, haven't you ever seen the numbers on that one? That one did not do well with people. Man, I thought that was just such a good movie. Yeah, like, it was such made, a dark ending too. It's darker than the book. He went darker than Stephen King. Pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, you think. I wonder. If, does, I don't know if Stephen King likes that one. Oh, he does. Oh, okay, because I mean, you know, you know how it is sometimes when someone out like horrors Stephen King. No, I think he appreciated it for once because, like, you know, usually they, like, you know, usually they don't have the balls to be as dark as he is. You know, like Holy the ending shit, of Scrooge. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Stephen King. But, uh, no, Dream Warriors, though, this is Apex, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, it has all the... This is where we start to truly see the elements that make this franchise memorable starting to pop up. Like, the dream sequences are much more elaborate this time around. We're seeing way bigger effects used, like, especially, like, in... Kreider's favorite scene, the fucking Freddy serpent thing. Yeah, the or Freddy worm. The oh, Freddy yeah, the worm. Freddy worm is Years, so fucking creepy. A, like a year before Beetlejuice became a giant evil worm, so Freddy like, was doing it. So it's like they're using animatronics and puppetry and stop motion in this movie. Lots of stop motion, lots mm-hmm. of practical, just great effects. S- set design is just off the charts. Oh, like, the set design is probably the most iconic thing like that would carry on in through the other movies mm-hmm. from the boiler room world and the, the I, decrepit house i love in the first uh the first nightmare sequence when we're introduced to Kristen when uh she uh when she's trying to get away from freddie and she's holding the clearly doll version yeah, the of doll the little, little girl, girl but she uh wanders into the room with all the kids hanging by nooses and body bags and shit and it's like shit we were it's revealed to us she like backs in and backs into a body she jumps when she turns around, backs into another one, she screams, and that's when we pull out to show that the whole room is just full of bodies hanging, and it's so fucking cool to see. And then she's also holding a dusty little girl skeleton. Put me down, you're hurting me. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, little kids in dreams are always really creepy. Yeah. Especially in nightmare movies, like, there's just always this little, like, the creepy little jump roping girls. Yeah, they doubled down on the jump rope girls in this one. It's but like right away in the first scene when they're out in front of uh, the old house and uh, 
mm-hmm. think those are ghosts of kids that he killed? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. That's probably what it is. Okay, makes sense. Killing little tiny children, it's his thing. Yeah. But um, that's why you know it's like I just don't like child murders as much as you do, Sam. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a Michael Myers dude, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, and but back to what I was saying though about like this is kind of where we see most of the best elements of the franchise starting to really come to pass. We also officially get Robert England really doubling, like really acting one-liners. This oh, is yeah. where we're getting one-liners for the first time. Well, not not even past the one-liners, but he's like genuinely acting in this shit now. He's not just running around slicing kids up like he gives freddy his personality in this movie or at mm-hmm. least starts to and like this is more more of his like like he's better lit i guess you could say like the other movies is trying to have him like hide in shadows very dark yeah no and you know this is uh the interesting thing about freddy is outside of the remake we get robert england every every single time mm-hmm. you know no other franchise has that with the slasher with the exception of the voice of Ghostface. Or yeah. Chucky. Oh, yeah. yeah but Chucky is also Brad Dourif. Except for that one movie where he was voiced by, by Luke Skywalker, which well, that was I also, still like. Also a remake, which I haven't seen. Wait, aren't all the leprechauns still... Uh... Nope. No? Oh, really? Nope. Uh, the past uh, past couple haven't been Warwick Davis. But oh, for, the most, for the most part, though, yeah, he was another one where he just came back for every movie. One of the last ones was done by the Psycho Goreman guy. Oh, shit. Nice. Then, uh, That's pretty tight. Can- Candyman also. Tony Todd was coming back for each of those every time. Um, but I think that the one who has the record is definitely Robert England. Robert England. Absolutely. Like, I mean, the man's a Hollywood icon now because, I mean, he had had a career for a while before Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, he was. Did he, though? A career in the sense that, like, he was getting work for a while before then. I mean, like, I remember seeing Robert England as far back as, like, uh, 1976 77 or whatever eaten alive by toby hooper he's in that also you know in uh in kill bill when uh the creepy fucking hospital guys yeah yeah i'm bucking i'm here to fuck that comes from robert england's character in eaten alive oh wow wow. yeah so he had had somewhat of a career well before nightmare on elm street but then yeah nightmare comes out and like those first two really kind of put him into the spotlight and then when three comes around, you know, he takes full advantage of that spotlight and totally owns it and really crafts his character. And, you know, even at, you know, after that, you know, Dream Warriors is 87, which by the time you are hearing this podcast, the reason we picked this for February, this February marks the 35th anniversary of Dream Warriors. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, but you notice uh, Dream Warriors comes out in 87. 88 is when we get Kane Hodder as Jason for the first time, and you start to see the same thing again. Kane Hodder taking the Jason role seriously enough to really give Jason somewhat of a personality and like little ticks that like no, no. are unique to him. So like I feel like Robert England really set a great precedent for horror villains with a personality. Yeah, I can see that. Nice. Yeah, this is um. I love a grouping of kids that are like in an insane asylum. That's always fun. Uh, it's kind of a breakfast club setup. Yeah, you know, very bastardized they're... breakfast club. Well, yeah, because it's like it's not that they're friends; it's that they were forced to be together. So, like, that's an interesting dynamic. And they're crazy. They have to work together to get out of this thing, even though that doesn't work out until a bit later. 
Well, yeah. you know, I just remember the VHS box art was like, these kids learn how to take Freddy on on his own turf. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's like you said, they just organize a line to die. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they split off in the final bit. They are literally just Kristen and Nancy's meat shields. Yeah, no, and like, much. <laughs> you could argue that Kristen's power to draw people into her dreams keeps Freddy going for the next two movies. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go into that when we get into those. But yeah, like, there, there's some interesting thing with, Kristen's ability I feel like that whole like being able to put people into your dream thing is like kind of a uh, oh, what's the what's the word I'm looking, like, like a missed opportunity in some way especially because apparently as she discusses she's had this ability since she was yeah, a little girl like when and she was a little would, girl she would pull her dad into her dreams which I think is why her dad left them yeah she like, got it got sick of being pulled into his daughter's dreams this is fucking terrible <laughs> this, daddy it's a Daddy, it's a unicorn spider. <laughs> I'll kill it. Don't kill it. It's my friend. Fuck. Your dreams make no sense. And and she and I'm sure why she never tried to pull her mom in is because she was always drunk in the dreams. Oh, maybe she got to be like 16 and was having her first sex dream about like, who would it have been back then? Rob Lowe. or kevin bacon or emilio estevez any punk rockers uh, famous at that time don no. dockin <laughs> yeah she's having a sex dream about doc dockin <laughs> is he a doctor no i said don dockin oh okay said, <laughs> doc don dockin i'm doc don dockin md so, <laughs> Uh, the characters, uh, as far as personalities themselves, like you know, some have a little more ex- uh, expanded upon them than others. Yeah. Uh, they try and get them to have more personality by showing some of the little arts and crafts things they're into. Like you know, you got... well, the nerd kids into into D and D a lot. You got your puppeteer, puppet yeah. maker. He yeah. makes puppets out of tape because the... they won't live them, give them scissors. All the girls want to be actresses in one way or another. Like the blonde girl that gets smashed through the TV watching Jaja Gabor wants to be an actress. The girl that's got a drug problem and looks all pretty and punk when she's in the dreams wants to be an actress. She wants to be an actress? Yeah, she wants to be all glamorous and huge. Oh, she just wants to be pretty and bad. Yeah, I didn't pick up on fame desires. Oh, is that? Okay, maybe that's just me. She's just beautiful. Yeah. And bad. Pulled out her knives. Taryn's my obvious favorite. Yeah, Yeah. Taryn's great. Uh, I like Kincaid. Kincaid's pretty cool. Kincaid's fun. Kincaid is like if Reggie the Reckless from... You know, yeah. Friday Five grew up. <laughs> he was like all traumatized, so they got to put him in an insane asylum. Yeah. Oh, and let's talk a little bit about how we got Lawrence Fishburne in this movie in a, a very young minor ca- role. Yeah, very young cowboy Curtis Fishburne. I know, and like all the box art just features him prominently for no reason. <laughs> well, if you well if you think about it, like when these were finally like getting reissued on VHS and DVDs when Matrix was finally blowing up. And oh yeah. So he he shot into the stratosphere with those movies for sure. And, Matrix. Uh, yeah. John yeah, I finally I finally, finally saw that new movie and what did you think? Oh, that movie sucked. That was uh, terrible. Was bad bad. I I'll, I'll get into it when we're not recording, <laughs> but it was a fucking mess. Okay. <laughs> when I heard that they just made it so that the company wouldn't make a sequel, I'm a little worried. Me too. I'm, so, I'm pretty disappointed. No, from, from, what I, from what I understand, I've heard this from a few different people. Warner Brothers wanted 
to move forward with a new film and the Wachowskis didn't and they pretty much said well we're going to do it with or without you so the one Wachowski she came back it's like well if anyone's going to crash this ship it's going to be me <laughs> what a stupid fucking petty thing to do and like, they even bring that up in the movie too like I'll, I'll get into it later with you guys when we're not recording but creatively this, bankrupt. this this movie is probably more meta than every Scream movie ever made oh dear okay, well <laughs> let's go back to talking about good stuff <laughs> so yeah so Freddy does something really interesting, which is that he makes it look like Kristen uh, tried to kill herself. I yeah. really liked that idea. Yeah. I do, and I love that scene where I just love stuff turning into stuff. That's my favorite thing in the Nightmare movies. So, like oh. the when she goes to reach for the handle of the faucet, grabs and her. the faucet grabs her and then grows the claws. I love that. It's like the practical effects really feel like a nightmare. You know, like your nightmares are not CGI, dude. They they feel real when you're in them. So it's like. And you know that that's was, what I like about it. That's one of the biggest criticisms the remake caught was that you know they went so heavy-handed on the CGI in the dream sequences, and it's like I get, and 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 it's sad too because you would imagine with all of the visual effects tools at our disposal now, you know, nightmare should be easier than ever to tackle in this day and age, but I they just think... it looked so bad in that movie. Whereas like you go back and you watch Dream Warriors and it looks incredible thirty five years later. No, that's what I'm saying is like is did Rob Botine do the do the effects on any of these? Um I don't think so. Um What were we watching that was Rob Botine effects? I forget. Okay, um, but I know we, case, I know like, we did watch something that he did though recent recently. But like you know, so like when you watch the special effects of the thing uh, reboot, it's just like it, you just don't feel it because the distortion of flesh should be like a physical effect. Yeah. So it's like there's no need to improve on something that was already pretty good. Which mm-hmm. I'll take this t- opportunity to go ahead and promote also ADI's effects reel from that movie that's available on YouTube now. You can go oh, the on. the original practical effects. You can go on and you can see all the practicals that they built and shot for the movie that just got painted over after producers said painted over. And it's fucking terrible like the effects look so cool and with the little bits of cg enhancement that they would have needed to fill it out it would have looked even cooler and it didn't so fuck you guys like why yeah. are you gonna why are you gonna do the thing like that that movie was a real letdown i remember him being like oh we have our own cool test it's like do you have fillings like yeah i have porcelain fillings it's like well maybe you're the monster <laughs> stupid <laughs> made no fucking sense go watch harbinger down instead exactly but um i forgot that uh i don't see a, 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 a chris boutine rob boutine rob boutine but i do see a r an, an r christopher biggs remember when we pointed that oh, out yeah. Oh, yeah he's the also visual effects guy for star trek nemesis oh fun and uh, and demo and demolition man so he, so he shaved tom hardy's head probably and dyed wesley snipes hair blonde Yep. <laughs> Briggs, have you seen Demolition Man? Of course. Murder, death, kill. Demolition Man rules. Demolition Man is fantastic. Yeah, do we have another third weird Sylvester Stallone future movie? <laughs> Judge Dredd? Oh, no. No, it's like a third one. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, I really want a big Judge maybe, Dredd. Oh, movie. maybe that movie where, uh, isn't there that movie where him and uh schwarzenegger are like in a futuristic prison and have to escape or oh, something. prison break yeah or is, no that's the show 
something like escape that. Escape plan, I think. Yeah. Escape there you plan. go. There, there's your trilogy. You got Drudge Dread, Demolition Man, and Escape Plan. Wow. <laughs> uh, sounds terrible. <laughs> or so, yeah. So yeah, so Kristen's already having the nightmares about Freddy. So we have that great opening where she's making the miniature version of Nancy's house. Yeah. And uh, having the dream about the little girl who is her. Maybe. Is it is her it, own the, childhood self? I have no idea. I didn't get that from yeah. it. I just figured it was just another blonde girl. I'm really fascinated by the parents because, like, in the fourth movie, she says, like, just because you and your tennis buddies killed him. Yeah, right? Like, are these, like, really rich families who just got drunk one night and, like, hey, let's fucking kill that guy? No, I mean, they never went to, they never went away to prison, so I guess they well, were a bit rich. Well, it's because the sheriff was part of it. Well, yeah, no, that's not a thing. Yeah, we see him, which is the classic thing where the sheriff, after becoming shamed, becomes a security guard. Yeah, we got the return of John Saxon. Yay, John Saxon. I gotta say, his daughter's aged more than he has. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she went through more traumatic stuff. You're, well, the, I don't he, know. Well, he's, his a hard, he's a hard alcoholic at this point. His wife the either... alcohol keeps him young. Yeah, he's pickling himself. <laughs> <laughs> like he, just, he takes alcohol baths. I really am confused, though, because, like, so Nancy's back, which means... One out of two of those endings in Nightmare on Elm Street didn't happen. Yeah, that's, an, that's that is a weird thing about that movie is how many endings there are. With the it's like she kills Freddy, but there's also her mom. But also Freddy like goes away. But also she goes into in another like dream a, and they're in a big weird Freddy car. Yeah, they're in a big weird Freddy car to die again. The Freddy car is a very weird detail. Yeah, uh, not to mention her mom gets pulled in like vaudeville style through a fucking uh, win- mir- window in her door which yeah. is apparently a suggestion from the uh, producer meh really I mean, pr- proof that producers don't know what they're talking about sometimes so Kristen goes to the funnest insane asylum in all of Ohio yeah yeah so they're in Ohio even though it's really obviously California like none of these people seem to me to be like you know sister fucking idiots so <laughs> I assume that they're not in Ohio. Not to mention all the palm trees. Yeah, there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot yeah, of palm trees. Halloween thing going on. No, well, but the thing is, if you watch the first nightmare, there's just full palm trees in the shot. Like, yeah, like there's, a, I, I that always, that always fucked with me as a kid. There's the scene where uh, Nancy and her and Johnny Depp are walking across the bridge or whatever. You just exactly, see just a, palm trees in the background. Like, I keep thinking, I'm like, where the fuck are they? I thought this was Ohio. <laughs> and that's why I like Scream, just letting California play California for once. Yeah, exactly. Just, just it's fine. It's, it's fine if it takes place in California. And now, and now, ironically, all the movies that take place in California are shot in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> or Savannah. What will be the next place? Oh, or Canada. I mean, I'm hoping Florida will eventually no, no. make a comeback. Can- Canada is always New York. Oh, yeah, Canada is New York. You're right. Canada played all of America in the X-Files. Nah. <laughs> and, um, it, but it is a coincidence that she goes to the Sassane Asylum and all the kids that uh, that uh, of their parents are like there. Well, that's why they're there is because they're all having Freddy dreams. Oh, is that what's going on? They're all having Freddy dreams? Yeah, that's why they're like taking turns like... They're sleeping in shifts. Yeah, it's like, you gotta wake me up if I'm freaking out, and it just doesn't really work, especially if you're leaving the deaf kid in charge. Oh, not what? the, the no, mute, mute kid. Yeah, deaf would be way worse. He'd just be he'd be off vibing in the background, and you just see, like, 
nerd boy in bed fucking thrashing around pulling a tina getting dragged around the room and deaf kid is just like completely oblivious to but it no one, yeah. but like almost nobody cared when the one kid started to sleepwalking well he sleepwalks all the time remember okay so yeah that's another thing is like so they're they were i don't know if they were all having freddy dreams at least the two nerd kids were because they were like i'll sleep first yeah yeah like i feel like maybe a couple of them might have mute kid but... and dungeons and dragons kid and also, why didn't Freddy just fucking kill him? <laughs> Did they, like, get them to, like, like fake them to go to, like, sleep insane asylum? Well, so Freddy, he likes to have fun, right? Oh, yeah. He messes with his prey before he makes the move. Not Do you for know long. how, like, if you read the book of It, Pennywise has to season his meat with fear before eating it. But yeah. we've, we've watched two movies where that is clearly not a case where he will just, like, haunt and then kill, like, in the same point. Yeah, I don't know what his plan is. That's <laughs> okay. All right, thank you. That's fine. Just admit that. <laughs> I don't... Look, this was never... None of these were designed to have, like, ten movies in them. <laughs> it's like, this is just a movie about a woman who, you know, is killing all the people who drowned her son. Going into a going into a single movie planning to make it into a franchise is only really a concept that's born like lately with like m- the advent of Marvel and shit. So. I know, like the A Team and shit, you know. And, no, like, that's fair. Just the post credit sequences, and, like that uh, post credit sequence at the end of Dream Warriors, where Jason steps out and says that he wants to recruit Freddy. And <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, so we get there. We get. Um, I think our first big kill, right, is the um, the puppet kid. Yep, mm-hmm. that's so, our yeah, first big kill in the movie. He's sleepwalking, and Kincaid's like, "Hey, wake up! Ah, have a nice stroll, asshole." Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite kills. Is this just is that tendon of the yeah. marionette just like dangling out of his arm. So because he likes puppets, Freddy's gonna punish him for it by like. So he cuts open his arms and legs and pulls out his tendons, and he's pulling him like a big human meat puppet, and right. then he's dangling. He's taking him through doors. Yeah, he took him through a door. Which yeah, I don't get pretty that. Pretty amazing. Still. It's like, is this what happened to that lady from that Cecil Hotel who they found on top of the water tower? Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe she passed through the doors. Yeah, I, they're um, like, you can't get through that door. I love the imagery when uh, they're looking out at him on the edge of the on, the, on the ledge about to go over, and it shows from his POV, and it's that nice low angle shot up the tower and you see giant freddy like in the sky like controlling yeah, with the, him. like little red lines coming down it's yeah crazy. right and then he cuts the threads and the kid falls down to his death pretty rough pretty grisly one of the few times in movies where someone falls from a high uh vantage point and we don't get to see the aftermath with their bent up legs and <laughs> <laughs> i know halloween kills did the shit out of that yeah Guy just getting thoroughly like scrambled at the floor. Because evil dies tonight. Yep. <laughs> Everyone except evil died that night. <laughs> or I re- maybe they were the evil that night. I rewatched Whoa. Halloween Kills for the first time since the theater the other night, and I still love the movie. I love the movie too, but, but god damn it, that movie is so fucking funny. <laughs> I mean, like Halloween twenty eighteen was a really good reshaping of the franchise, and then Halloween Kills was just like a good Halloween sequel, <laughs> like much more like what you get. And so, so the new Scream, while it's not better than the 2018 Halloween, in my opinion, it is better than Halloween Kills. 
which is saying a lot considering Kreider is as big a super fan of Halloween as he is. No, I'm a big fan of Michael Myers, and Michael Myers is exceptional as always in Halloween Kills. Yeah. <laughs> he is in top he's in top form. The movie around him is lacking, but he is he's doing great. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, so um we uh we're reintroduced to Nancy and she starts uh And they're con- I love that so there's a couple movies if we ever get to Friday Five, we'll talk about this too. We're like, you're having psychological help groups, and someone gets murdered, and we're like, let's stop talking about that. <laughs> uh, like, but, I know um, you're upset, but let's not talk about how our friend was brutally murdered last night. <laughs> this is also where we are introduced to the dream suppressant drug, Hypnosil, which yeah, which makes a big comeback in Freddy vs. Jason. Uh-huh. Yeah, which I didn't realize until a bit later. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's and, really, uh, they just pick up loose pieces of mythology throughout these movies, though. They just, like, gr- yeah. grab things here and there. I would love a classic 80s thing to do. I would love to see someone do a Nightmare on Elm Street video game someday. Like, Aren't there... Yeah, there's, like... There was a... Wasn't there Like, a, something... Like, maybe something akin to, like... Not necessarily, like, the Friday game, where it's, like, just, like, Escape from the Killer, but, like... Maybe something where you are in a dream trying to get out and you're having to pick up little bits and clues like hypnosil. So, and like stuff Psychonauts? Like Maybe, I don't know. But uh, you, you got um, uh, Dead by Daylight and he's a skin in it. No, yeah, that's his own. Like, yeah, Dead like, by Daylight doesn't count. Yeah, I don't like Dead by Daylight. <laughs> you need to be. For, Freddy, what Freddy has that nobody, no other slasher has is that he affects the environment. Yeah. yeah. So you can be running away and he'll turn the carpet into quicksand, you know? See. Imagine, imagine a uh, a nightmare movie with uh, like a, a, a modern day nightmare movie with uh, the production value and the nightmares done somewhat similarly to like shit like Inception. Where yeah, but yeah. Inception was boring. Inception was pretty boring. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like I want to talk to Christopher Nolan. It's like, what do you dream about, dude? Yeah. <laughs> it's like this is what a dream is to you—a nice, normal thing, building in Paris. <laughs> It's really, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of imagination. Or maybe something similar to Alien Isolation. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, Yeah. that'd be cool. Yeah, that's that's what I was, like I said, I'm running on little sleep right now. But even Alien Isolation is kind of like those cool indie games that we've been getting where you don't really have weaponry. You know, a lot of it is about hiding and running. Exactly. Really, they're they're intense, man. Like, um, what was it, Silent Hill 4 or something where you don't have, all you have is a flashlight? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like for the Nintendo Wii, like that was a terrifying game. There was also a grudge video game for the Wii also where you're like having to like go through like places like a hospital and like an old factory in the house itself trying to like solve this grudge mystery or something. And you're like encountering Kayako and like (laughs) the grudge. I love the grudge franchise. Yeah, me too. Did you watch the new Netflix show? New Netflix show. Yeah. There's a grudge Netflix show. Oh, it's grudge the real story. <laughs> Total bullshit, but it's great. Oh, I have not checked that out it, yet. Dude, it goes into some fucking parts that I'm like, whoa. Oh, you know? shit. I'll check and, like, that out. They're not even, they don't even have Sadako yet. It's kind of like maybe an origin story of the house. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's really fucked up. Nice. It's really good. I need to check that out. I had no idea that even existed. But uh, but anywho, um, Nancy's my favorite final girl. She so is one your, of the best. She's really good, man. She's like she's great in this. Like as 
she kind of personifies what you want from a returning final girl, which is like just, you know, growth and maturity. Growth and maturity, and she's there to try to help the new generation. Yeah. Just in general, she's always had a better, like, handling of the situation, like, compared to, like, uh, you know, I mean, even though she, like, like uh, what, what's what's her name? Je- Jenny? J- Jamie? Yeah, like, Jamie only really got to be more, like, proactive in more recent entries, in my you opinion. I mean, Laurie. Lori? Oh, yeah, Lori. Lori You're thinking of Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, I'm thinking of Jamie Lee Curtis. (laughs) Jamie was her doomed daughter. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, right. That's funny. No, but, you know, I know, I I get what you're saying, though, like with Laurie Strode, how she kind of like, they reshaped that character with the new films to kind of be in command. H2O has a great Laurie. But still, even then, but still, the Nightmare films take place before those. No, so this was your first time ever having a final girl come back. Well, I'm and and I'm not Is just it? saying like come back. I'm just saying no. like okay. I'm yeah. I'm just adding on to that. I'm not trying to. Well, then uh, that too. But uh, just taking a more proactive stance. Well, yes. So yes. So but yeah. So this was the first. This is one of the first instances in a franchise where you have a final girl from a previous installment come back and try to turn the tables on the guy. Yeah, which I I really we liked. never had that with Friday. No, I don't think. Yeah. I don't <laughs> thi- I, the only time a final girl has ever returned in a Friday film, they killed her within the first five minutes like of the immediately. movie. immediately. <laughs> well, there was also, didn't you see her a little bit in three, going into an ambulance? Oh, Jenny? Uh, yeah, on the TV that the bitch lady is watching in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, forget, you know. I forget that those movies are literally, like, end to end. Yeah. Like, two, three, and four happen in the same weekend. Yeah. Monday the 15th or monday the 16th <laughs> yeah he gets just really beefy over the course of that weekend yeah but um but you know i love i love the 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 idea of exploring though uh the dream powers that these kids have you know kind of exploring the more fantastic element to dreams whereas you know the first two like sam mentioned are very grounded these kids are pretty much just kind of like trying to survive Whereas, like, you know, three fully owns that you're in a dream, anything's possible in a dream. So I, I really like the idea of kind of elevated, like, kind of not superhuman, but kind of powers in the dream to try to fight Freddy. And I love how even though anything is possible in a dream, you still are not able to beat Freddy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of liked in the first one, you have the thing where you have to pull him into the real world. Yeah, I, I liked that too. They never tried that again. I mean, it, shouldn't Nancy have encouraged them to try it? Yeah, well, no, especially they did. as a group, they, they could did. have rounded them up better. They do bring it back in Freddy's Dead. Yeah. Well, nobody cares. <laughs> but, um, and then of course, you know, this is the film where we are introduced to the concept of the bastard son of a hundred maniacs idea. Where we have the nun, uh, yep. which in the mo- in this one... They just talk about it, right? Well, yeah, in this one, we have this older nun character who's known as Sister Mary Helena, who we then, by the end of the film, put two and two together when the guy's at her gravestone. The nun he's been talking to the whole time is actually Amanda Kruger. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, the... Whoa. The other scientist that's there that looks like a mix of David Duchovny and uh, Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> yeah, Nancy's love interest. But yeah. um, that's sad to say. You know, I I, I like though that that char- character is somewhat in that capacity, but they don't force it on us. Like it's just kind of like an unspoken like. Yeah, they're more just concerned about these kids. Yeah, they're work <laughs> professionals. 
Um, but no, so like, so we're introduced to the concept though of this uh, a nun, Freddie's mother being a nun who over the Christmas holiday was accidentally locked in this tower with a bunch of stark Which, raving lunatics. What the fuck kind of insane asylum is it where they're like, all right, time to close up for Christmas? Yeah, you know, which will one in the forties? Which we get more of that later on in in five. Well, yeah, five. We get but, that uh, horrible flashback. But uh, but no. So the story goes that Amanda Kruger was locked in this asylum over the holiday the christmas holiday she was sexually assaulted by these maniacs hundreds of times throughout this span of time and in all of this freddie was conceived so thus he's very similar to the grinch son of a hundred maniacs yeah you remember how the grinch was born at a key party yeah i brought that up (laughs) yeah so no i'm just we're we bring up the grinch a lot yeah (laughs) did we bring it up in relation to freddie uh, I think you made the Freddy connection after I explained it. <laughs> yeah, the Grinch is the son of a hundred uh, tea party maniacs. Yeah. The <laughs> but, most sexually um, like active people in Whoville. Yeah, but uh, no, it's an interesting concept though, which they double down on and explore further in part five. I but know. They, then they Freddy's use... dead. It becomes like a whole. He sold his soul. Yeah, to a rock bunch and of... roll. Yeah, yeah, he sold his soul to a bunch of dream worms that float through the air. They dream like, butt worms. They look yeah. like ghost face worms. Yeah, Freddy. Nah. <laughs> hey, Freddy. We'll go on your butt if you want. We know what you want. They're, they're like the butt worm in uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Exactly. Oh, God, it's all canon. Um. But um, we're also introduced to the idea that Freddy's remains were hidden after he was mobbed and burned to death by the uh, by the parents. So that, of course, leads us to our reintroduction to John Saxon, who knows where the remains are hidden, which is when we get another key nightmare location, which unfortunately was only prevalent in this one in part four i would love to have seen more of this later but we get the, the junkyard, junkyard yeah yeah it's a cool area that junkyard yeah that's a nice a, set on the t-shirt that briggs had got you it's got the junkyard yeah i remember that but um so they got to go and find freddy's remains and bury him in hollowed earth so let's let's go down the list for the kids so um what's the name of the girl that loves tv blondie uh i don't um, remember no. tegan Tegan, I think, yeah. Tegan? Yeah, I think it's Tegan. <laughs> we'll go with Tegan. There's, Everyone's uh, making fun of her. It's like, uh, she wants to be a big TV actress. Yeah. The mute is uh, Joey. Yeah. Then we got, uh, obviously, we got Kincaid. He's our strong man of the group. Kincaid! Uh, Taryn is the punk recovering junkie. Uh, which I love the interaction she has when she's walking out of the shower room and the sleazy fucking nurse is trying to like, get her ex- to yeah, like give her drugs in exchange for sex. And yeah. she's like, no, I'm trying to be clean, which is like, I, it's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's trying to, she's actually doing the right thing and she, she still gets, you know, Freddie still tries to use like irony on her. It's like, oh, you love drugs, right? It's like, well, no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> That's really a that's a really rough one when her track marks start like they're smacking like mouths. their lips like yeah. mouths. That's disturbing as hell. It's like little baby mouths. Like she she got a raw, she got a bad deal. I mean, and, and then of course there's the other one, the nerd, whatever his name is, that becomes a wizard and decides, oh, I'll run up to Freddy to shoot la- to shoot lightning bolts at him. Here yeah, I, guess, so. I got I got the cast list here. So we Fucking had uh, what's the nerd? What's the wizard nerd name? Uh. The wizard is, uh, 
uh, will, I think. Okay, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, TV girl? Will the wizard. TV girl is Jennifer. Okay, so Jennifer has one of the best scenes where she's staying up late in the TV room. This is after Philip has died. Yeah, Philip's the puppet boy. And uh, she's watching Jaja Gabor. Yeah, and on the, the Dick Cavett show. It's so weird. Is that famous interview where Dick Cavett tried to kill Jaja Gabor with a Freddy glove? Yeah, honestly, this scene, this scene is my favorite one in the movie. It's like, oh, can I ask you something? Yeah, it's like he he asks her in the interview, "Did you take acting lessons or whatever?" And uh, and then Jaja Gabor's like, "No, I started on game show, talk show, blah blah blah, and this and that and." If you just work at it, maybe you'll make it or whatever. And that's when he's like, can I ask you something? Of course. And who gives a fuck what you think? And it's Freddy on TV and he goes to murder her and just cuts out. I love that, though, that see Dick Cavett. Who gives a fuck what you think? It's like a reverse Joker. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of the guest killing. Can I tell you a joke, Jaja? (laughs) Who gives a fuck what you think? I'm surprised we haven't seen memes that mashup yet. (laughs) I just... It's so funny, like, when you're watching the opening and it's got this really haunting score by Angelo Badalamenti. Mm-hmm. You know, very David Lynch, these movies. But, um, and then, <laughs> like, you just, so it's like, and you see Zsa Zsa Gabor on the credits. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Why is Zsa Zsa Gabor in this and why is she in the opening credits? Yeah, right? She's like a cameo appearance. She doesn't do anything. That's got to be a contractual thing. Oh, it's got to be. Probably, because she was a big star by that point. It's it's what it's what they're doing to Lawrence Fishburne now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, well, arguably he gets more of a part than her. So Lawrence Fishburne He's like plays, one of the nurses. Lawrence Fishburne plays Max. He's like one of the orderlies at the... Uh, at the at the asylum and like he genuinely I like that he genuinely cares about the kids so much yeah. to the point where he doesn't even want to let Nancy see the kids later on towards the end but um no and like I kind of wish that you could have made him a more active participant in the finale yeah you know? like either helping out you know fucking yeah, Gutenberg you're just kind of being a, a guard over there just yeah. like uh, no you can't come in well she's like give us just give us five minutes and then that's the rest of the movie yeah but uh, but no, I really like his character. Then you have uh, uh, Doctor Sims, the really bitch old fucking oh, yeah. asshole she's the, doctor. She's the nurse ratchet. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, so you have great characters all around, great set pieces. Like Je- like I was saying, Jennifer's scene is my favorite. So like, uh, okay, Dick, so she's watching Jaja Gabor. Dick Cavett murders Jaja Gabor. And then uh, the TV like fuzzes out, and she gets up to go bang on the TV, and then all of a sudden arms burst out of the sides of the TV and grab her, and that's when you see Freddy's head grow up out of the with the antennas on yeah. his head, so he's got like an alien look. And then of course you know the iconic line where it's like, "This is it, Jennifer, your big break in TV," and she's screaming. And we get the line, Welcome to prime time, bitch! And then he fucking pulls her into the TV and smashes her head. Sometimes it feels like he's like doing a bunch of lines and it's like, All right, now use the best one. Yeah. And then they just use all of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like a Jim Carrey kind of thing where they just have the camera set there. And exactly. They just have like hours of him saying words. It's like Bruce Almighty, you watch all these outtakes of just nothing but garbage. <laughs> so like, you know, ah, I use this as a fencing mask. As, a, as John Reese Davies once said, improv is ninety nine percent crap. <laughs> <laughs> improv is mostly swearing, I find. Yep, 
That just too. People being like, fucking, the fuck? What's, what you fucking... <laughs> what's fucking going on here? So, yeah, so Jennifer's death is my favorite yeah, scene. Yeah, he smashes her into the TV. Crider, Cyberpunk. You, men- you mentioned that the Freddy worm was your favorite scene. So, yeah, so like Kristen is having a big encounter with Freddy and she draws Nancy in, which is just a great moment where... So she's being devoured by Freddy, which is somebody's fetish. I love I love the shot where you see it m- him moving underneath the rug and it's almost oh, like in God, a, horrible. It's, it's almost like in Tremors when they're moving under the sand you just see the sand bulging up and on top of the graboids. Was oh, that so also good. the same scene where there's like tears happening in the walls and he's also no, going through the walls No, as well? that's that's later on when in the final confrontation when Kristen first brings them into the quiet room with yeah. her and next thing you know the padded walls start getting ripped up along all around them. No, I know, but so yeah, so Nancy stabs Freddy in the eye, and then he looks at Nancy, and he's got the like, you, like that's uh, I love that. And there's a moment in Halloween 2018 where it's kind of funny because like in the remake, like they make it where Michael doesn't give a shit about Laurie, you know, like they're not brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like in Endgame where there's a moment where Laurie's like, like stabbing Michael, and he kind of looks at her like cocks his head to the side and he's like oh i remember you and it's like you took everything from me it's like i don't even know who you are <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in this movie is uh when they're going to like burn up his skeleton you know his remains and then he turns into a goofy uh, army of darkness skeleton oh man my god becomes yeah. an awesome a stop motion fight I love that he's, yeah, not only is he a live skeleton, he's like one of those angry skeletons. Yeah. yeah he's got like angry eyes at sockets. Very, very, a very Sam Raimi feeling scene for this, sure. This whole thing owes a lot to Sam Raimi and a little bit to David Lynch, I believe. Oh, I, I'd, I'd absolutely like agree with you that David Lynch also has some to this. Yeah, Blue Velvet is kind of like... Especially going into the next two, uh, I would say, also. Oh, yeah, definitely. They, they feel very Twin Peaks, the other two. Well, th- but they feel Twin Peaks before Twin Peaks in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> like but, So um, they're like Blue Velvety and kind of going in the same direction that David Lynch would. And then I, I also got to throw out there, I, I do love uh, Will's death as the Wizard Master when... Uh, uh, it's like uh, he's uh, he blows up. He got the giant spiky wheelchair chasing him around. Now and- I'm I'm woe to do plot summaries, but I do love anytime people try to get together to do a mission. So it's like so the mute kid Joey. Yeah, Joey. Joey. He's been he's been kidnapped because the sexy nurse Freddie pretended to be the sexy nurse. Yeah, Which, by and the then way, uh, that's the like, God, when the, that, t- the tongues she shoots tongues out of her mouth that like lock him to the bed. God, that behind the scenes picture of her with the Freddy makeup on is horrifying. Yeah, yeah no, there was a <laughs> there was a deleted scene where she was going to be naked but have the face of Freddy. So which, just... in my mind, I Mandela'd myself where I had a memory where she takes her shirt off and her. She, her tits are two Freddy faces. <laughs> I'm sure that's someone's fetish. That's got to be. That it's not a fetish <laughs> for me, but it's. <laughs> I didn't say it was yours. It, I'm feels, somebody's... it feels like something out of Tokyo Gore Police, though. It feels Japanese. Yeah, yeah. they love fucked up boobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so he said they're like. So that's when the Dream Warriors have to fucking. It, we we're we're assembling a ragtag team to go into the Dream World to save Joey. Yeah. And that's when we learn what their dream powers are. So, yeah. So, what's his name as a wizard? Uh, Will is the wizard master. Will is the wizard master. Taryn is just, she's hot and she has switchblades. (laughs) Which is not much of a superpower. 
No, it's not. Most of these uh, people don't have superpowers. Kristen's, Kristen's good got at gymnastics. gymnastics. Kincaid has super strength. Which is cool. That's that one's a, helpful. That's a, Joey no, it's, has, no it's, uh, it's, not, it's not awful. Joey has uh, Black Canary screaming powers. Yeah, but that's like a big reveal because he's mute. Yeah. Oh, I thought we were just listing powers, though. No, yeah. It's, Joey can scream. But, uh, so yeah, so they're going in to save Joey, but then they, yeah, so like as soon as they're in the room together, uh, they start doing the, the walls start tearing up. We mm-hmm. get a little bit of that Hellraiser lighting. That's a great effect, too, watching just the four slash marks appear around the walls. Kind of reminds me of the um, Jurassic Park ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the claw mark just goes like, oh, man, that. But, um, yeah, and so uh, the Dream Warriors both succeed and fail spectacularly. <laughs> yeah, so simultaneously, Gutenberg, is, uh, he goes to a church to steal a crucifix and some holy water. <laughs> Yeah, with and John he's Saxon. like, I could pay you for it, and he's like, Oh, I don't have money. Here, I'll give you my driver's license. <laughs> yeah, so and he, of course, John Saxon, we lose him as well in this because he gets thrown backwards onto an old fifties car, like one of the little fins on the back just impales him all the way through, and so he dies. Rough way to go. Yeah, and which sucks because I love John Saxon. Yeah, and uh, but then yeah, after uh, Freddy returns back into the dream world after he's beat up this uh doctor guy uh homie comes back to consciousness and buries the body and throws the holy water on it and that's when the holy whiskey he's he's in he's in the middle of killing nancy and trying to kill uh Kristen when this happens so kind of so yeah so they're in there so they're in there trying to so let's go down the list so will the wizard you know he's 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 out of his wheelchair but freddie's got like a big heavy metal fetish wheelchair he's yeah. like hey as soon as you wake up it'll be back in the saddle it's the chair for you kid. he just lists off lines and they use so, them all so i'm gonna so i'm gonna use this to go into one of my few gripes with the movie and it's with freddie himself his voice is so inconsistent in this movie it's like the first two movies they use a very pitch shifted kind of like demonic sounding voice for him which sounds kind of cool but then in this one they go back and forth between an obvious effect on his voice and then just robert england talking really gruff so it's like is there any footage of just like what it sounds like when he's just straight up in the mic uh that i don't know probably like an outtakes or something but like but but so for this scene though when he's going on about uh like he when joey or fuck joey when will first encounters it was like oh you look tired have a seat and, and it's like will you wake up i'm just yeah. back in the saddle but then and so it's like clearly pitch shifted or there's some kind of effect on there but then when the chair gets back to freddie and spins around and he gives that line it's the chair for you kid we get hit just robert england just gruff like barking at him which i like that way more than the effect and i love that going forward in four on they kind of just stick with that they don't really do the effects on the voice as much well when it sounds like a an obvious effect it takes you out of the moment a little bit yeah yeah, and and then they even keep his voice somewhat normal when he kills him because fucking so will completely deserves his death he's got he's the wizard master so he's got his magic powers and he starts shooting freddy with this green heavy metal looking magic beam from across the hall it's your one way ticket to midnight and it's like you know cool you could totally you have the power to fucking kill this guy now 
So what does he do? He runs up to him. You have no need to run up to Freddy when you have a ranged attack. And Freddy, of course, grabs him and gives us the great line, Sorry, kid, I don't believe in fairy tales. And he fucking stabs him. And that's another instance where we get just Robert England's voice rather than the effect, which it's like, it's so much better than the uh, the affected voice. Yeah, and then poor Taryn, she's in a back alley. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. Freddy's tempting her into... He stabs her. He, she gets a couple stabs in on him with her switchblades. She gets one good stab, right? But it's, like, up under the arm. Like, not maybe in the armpit, but, like, in that general area. Well, if he was human, that could have killed him. Yeah. Armpit's a good place to stab somebody, you guys. Oh, yeah, no, it totally is. Oh, now Take I know. note. It's like you can pierce the lung, right? Oof. Yeah, no, yeah. You, no, but, I'm, um, I'm asking you. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. he, he gets he, he gets he gets stabbed there, and it's you, like, you know what it is. He they both get a good hit on each other, so it's like he swipes her across her chest or something and slices her, but then yeah, she stabs him in the armpit, and that's when he's like, oh, what? we're we don't need to fight. We're all friends, you and I. And that's when we get him with the ten needle fingers, and he's like, he gives her ten doses of the pfizer vaccine at once let's get hard and she dies yeah <laughs> what a rush yeah. gives her all her vaccines and boosters at once yeah <laughs> she instantly just fucking croaks <laughs> but so, uh, sad. so yeah so i think king C- kincaid manages to like punch his way through his portion of the dream into theirs right yeah, yeah. he has some line it's like he did have a line where it's like, let's kick his ass all over Dreamland. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> oh. But, it's uh, fun. But no, so yes. You need that for the trailer. They, yeah. But yeah, so they uh, they do eventually conquer Freddy. And, so, uh, yeah, but so. And uh, yeah. We get the finale. In well, the there's like, he's, he's grabbing them all out of mirrors. And then Joey, that's when he reveals that he's got the canary call. Yeah. And he shatters all the mirrors. And they're like, we no, did I it. Lo- I, I love that bit because I think that's around when... Uh, uh, in the real world, uh, the doctor and Nancy's dad are trying to exhume Freddy's remains and do the holy water thing. So he leaves them, and uh, so when he comes back, uh, he's like, uh, "If only there was more of me to spread around." And that's when we get his face popping up in all the mirrors around him. And then that's when they all start grabbing him and pulling him into the mirrors and uh, a lot of mirror shit. Great, great scene. No, and then, yeah, so, like, then John Saxon comes in in a Star Trek teleporter, and he's like, I'm passing over to the other side, Nancy. And <laughs> she's like, oh, daddy. She goes to her, and he fucking stabs her. Yeah. Yeah. And then she, like, what, guides the claw into his stomach? Yep. Yeah, like, he's a, he's about to kill Kristen, and Nancy pops up behind him and grabs his arm and stabs him in the gut. And then the holy water thing happens, and they bury him a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot the skeleton beats up Gutenberg and then buries him a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but just a little bit. And then when he like, yeah. he, then he drops the shovel and like does the whole sand person thing, where it's like, raising his arms and then just motion drops. skeleton. <laughs> but no, Nightmare Three is great, arguably the best one in the franchise. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but it's definitely the most well-made one. I'd say it's my favorite, probably. Two was my favorite for a long time. Interesting. Yeah, but no, mostly because of the real-world shit later on in the latter half, I, even though it's goofy. but I like that Freddy is kind of scary in part two. But no, three has since kind of usurped that title from two in, in the past so year cool or two. cool stuff, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
So yeah, so let's let's rate this puppy. I'm gonna give this thing a straight up nine out of ten. Nice. It's got some. It's it's got the series coming into its own. Finally, it's got that fucking kick-ass Dokken song, which I actually have the OG EP for too, which I'm stoked. That's one of my prized possessions. It's it's fantastic. And uh, I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you know, it's solid. It's a good one. It's definitely the best in this trilogy. But, uh, you know, it does have some questionable points, but the characters are very likable and the effects are fantastic. Oh, definitely the most likable cast we ever get. Yeah. Like, way more likable than the first one. <laughs> well, hmm. Yeah, okay. Oh, compared to, yeah, I guess so. One of them's like a full-on sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But uh, so I yeah, the, so they kill Freddy, and uh, he's dead forever. Yep, just yeah, like exactly. the first one, they killed him. He's dead forever. Second one, he's, they killed him, and he's dead forever. Or is he? No, they never really killed him in the second one. That was more of a personal breakthrough. That it's was like, more of an exorcism. <laughs> I don't need to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the lesson. But uh, he's dead forever, and we're never gonna see him again. Dream Master. Maybe a year later, Kristen returns with her power to get others killed in her dreams. Only this time, she's not the only one getting her friends killed. In a final act of dickishness, Kristen avenges her dead friends by passing her power off to her new daydreaming final girl, Alice. As Alice's friends and family die one by one, she puts on all the clothes of her dead friends to face Freddy like a true dream warrior. Just to watch Freddy kill himself. Now free to chill with her last surviving boyfriend, Moose, Alice goes to make new friends, like Kristen did. Maybe they'll live longer. We're the dream master. No, that doesn't work. Never mind. I'm uh, the dream master from Sega. It's got to be like, dream master. Was it the Sega dream master or the Sega dreamcast? Dreamcast. We don't yeah. we don't get docking in Nightmare Four. We get the Fat Boys, and they're ready for Freddy. Oh shit! Aren't they like Freddy's nephews in that? Something I don't it's know. It's the premise, right? Like it's like Uncle Fred's estate and it's Nancy's <laughs> house. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we inherited my uncle Freddy's house. <laughs> the be- the best part about that video is watching Robert England rap. Have you, you can, ha, Sam, have you ever seen the Ready for Freddy video? No. Oh my god, I know what I'm showing you when we're done recording this segment. Oh, uh, crap. <laughs> but, uh, no, night, not, so Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, the Dream Master. I feel like this, like I mentioned in the last segment, this and 3 really are apex Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, you're seeing all the best elements of this franchise on full display at they're firing on all cylinders for the most part no and like part four is usually the part in the franchise where they're really delivering what the fans want you know halloween four friday four nightmare four these are all movies that are made for the fans don't tell that to leatherface yeah don't tell that to leatherface or fucking scream for that matter yeah pinhead i was about to say what What are you talking about (laughs) i'm talking about in the big three Part okay. fours are pretty good. Okay, and the big three. All right, because I was yeah. about to say, also, that doesn't work for Predator or Alien or Terminator. Must Look, I'm talking about in a franchise that's run really long. Okay, yeah. And, then and those, yeah, yes. Terminator Salvation's pretty good. I love Salvation. Eh. <laughs> I, I, I love Salvation for what it could have been. 
Yeah, no. Uh, don't get me started. But we're not talking about that. We'll get into Terminator some other time. So yeah, this is my favorite Nightmare movie because, I don't know, I kind of like, they really kind of capture the tone really well. I like that we're back in a high school setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really like the characters in this. We got, let's see. So we have Kristen, who's kind of our holdover. We still have Kincaid and Joey, the strong guy and the mute kid. Mm-hmm. Not for very long. Yeah, mute, yeah Joey no, he's, can talk again. He's, no. not, he's not mute anymore. Yeah, now he's just an asshole. He's got his voice back, and he's an MTV loser. Oh, also very horny. Like he he got pulled in. He got pulled in that dream trap in the last one through like a hot nurse, and now and he now gets... he had like a hot model uh, in his waterbed. Yeah. yeah, which really makes the movie feel very eighties. Is uh-huh. like he was killed by a waterbed. I fucking right. <laughs> So yeah, so, um, so she's uh, she's not doing well after killing Freddy Krueger a year ago or whatever. Yeah, it's a year, it's a year later, and nobody nobody's rem- really talking about anything that happened. It's remarkable how fast that they were able to reintegrate into society in a friend group in that span. Of yeah, time. no kidding. They had a well. I don't know if Joey and Kincaid were part of that friend group. No, they, they don't seem they were to be outliers. Caitlin definitely. It's kind of you mean Kristen. 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 It's kind of like how you know in high school you kind of got two different cliques of friends. You got your like your preppy. You kind of got like one, or it's like someone that you like went to summer camp with. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, it's kind of like that. You can't really integrate them into your like main big body of friends. Yeah. So yeah, and then she's got um, she's got a new boyfriend named Rick, who's uh, he's a funny karate guy who's not that funny or good at karate. <laughs> yeah, he's the. <laughs> He's the, 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 the if, if, if he was just a little more dorkish, he would just, he would basically be the Will the Wizard character. Yeah, pretty much. I we don't have, like that uh, character. I don't like his character. Yeah. We have my favorite, one of my favorite girls in this is Sheila, who's the, uh, she's the sexy nerd who's asthmatic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, then, of course. You have Debbie, the. The Debbie, the strong girl who hates bugs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All athletic and stuff. And, of course, Moose. <laughs> um, oh yeah no so rick's little little sister alice is this like she's a shy redhead who's like always daydreaming who might i say i'd say alice is a better uh new final girl than Kristen was well and it's not even patricia arquette anymore yeah no it's they replaced yeah. patricia arquette with like a completely different girl <laughs> no really yeah, you got tuesday night in the role now and she's tuesday, tuesday night all right is that a stripper name or what so uh, it's yeah, a model so, name. So uh, Kristen keeps dreaming about Freddy, and she keeps pulling Kincaid and Joey into her dreams, which is like that is a horrible power to have. Yeah, even, just even like, they're they're pissed off at it at this point. Like, no, they're like the fuck alone. I'm we got you. other things to dream about. Freddy's super dead. Unless you keep fucking around, you might wake him up, and then they do. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's why that's why her dad left. <laughs> Kept getting pulled into her dream. So Sam, do you remember us watching this movie for the first time together? Oh yeah, it was. And like, I was like, how do you think? <laughs> How do you think they bring Freddy back from the dead? I mean, I tell you, I had no, like, like just to set the stage really quick, everyone. I'm gonna paint you a picture. There, so Kincaid's dreaming, and he's back in the big uh, auto the junkyard. Wreck, ju- junkyard. His, I like how I like how he wakes up in the trunk of a car. His dog is digging at the ground. I just wait, and I just realized it can't. I guess Kincaid. Like, clearly this is very much a nightmare because he never even knew that this was the place that Freddy was killed at, unless he went to visit. I guess Freddy knows. Yeah, Freddy knows. Freddy clearly pulled him over to this place just to, like, it's not, well, it's not like him would even know what so this yeah, place is. My theory is that Freddy's possessing the dog because, so, like, 
when Kristen pulled them into the dream, she also pulled the dog in. Yeah. And, and the dog, like, bit her. The dog yeah. named Jason. So I think that maybe, and this is totally more thought than the writers put into it, I think maybe, like, a dog's mind is weaker. Yeah. So even though Freddy's in a reduced state, he could use the dog as a vessel. Like a conduit. Yeah. And this led to the dog digging at his grave in the junkyard. And then when he, I guess, figured that was enough digging, he pissed fire onto <laughs> Freddy's grave <laughs> and resurrected him. And we get one of those classic, like... The ground splitting apart. The ground splitting apart, but also, like, you see the bones reassembling in the, like... Is it like reverse? Yeah, it's like, like they like melt it. They like melt the wax off, and then they reverse it, so it's like reforming. Yeah, exactly. I love that. It's all, That's always a cool bit. Yeah, it's like in uh, Elysium when Charlotte Copley's face gets blown off, and you get the reconstruction bit. Which like, that character's name was Kruger. <laughs> or, or also, there's a you know to stay in the eighties. There's a Raiders of the Lost. I was Ark. gonna say it's like a reverse Raiders of the Lost Ark at the end when that. Yeah, <laughs> man, did that image really fuck with you when you were a little kid? Yes, yeah. Because the movie does not have that much horrifying shit up until then. No, yeah, like uh, I think the creepiest scene is like you see the guy just covered in arrows or spikes, Alfred Molina uh-huh. in the first scene. But like, yeah, like you watch this really fun movie and then it's like, close your eyes, don't look at it, and the guy's like, ah! and his face melts into blood and shit. I was like. Nine. The, one, the one guy gets fucking vacuumed in words and like oh god yeah <laughs> they wanted to hit raiders with an r rating because of that scene alone what is spielberg why is spielberg so special <laughs> yeah, well he, he he covered all of it in flames so it's more obscured especially the scanner style head explosion that was what was going to land him in r rating and so he just put all the fire in front of it but you can still if you look close enough through the flames you can see the gnarly like like an explosion and then it would hit him later with a uh, temple of doom uh you know and that's where the pj-13 rating came from yep that's that this is a trilogy we need to do one day oh guys. yeah the og harrison ford trilogy absolutely oh. i don't know why i said harrison ford <laughs> like they're all harrison ford but you know what i mean the og but, um, pre-crystal skull trilogy but back to nightmare though so the dog pisses fire out splits the ground apart and we get the freddy resurrection and i love i love his first line back that first shot where it creeps along the the ground you see his silhouette stretched out on the ground and, and he it picks just, up the hat yeah and then it just tracks, very very indiana jones very indiana jones and then it just tracks up his body then it gets to the head you see his him he's backlit as fuck and it's like you shouldn't have buried you shouldn't have buried me. I'm not dead. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so this is directed by Rennie Harlan, who's one of the biggest sequel directors. Did, Rennie Harlan is he did Die Hard Two, which Die is Hard my, Two, Die my, Harder, my favorite in the Die Hard series. Yeah, why? Good one. Because and he directed uh, The Long Kiss Goodnight with Gina Davis, who was his wife at the time. So, oh, interesting. 90s Gina Davis. Hey, yes, please. <laughs> he also did Deep Blue Sea, which is Deep a movie. Deep Blue Sea, Blast from the Past, a funny one, an excellent Brendan Fraser. That's part of the Brendan Fraser trilogy of movies where he's confused by the 21st century there's Encino Man George the Jungle and Blast from the Past Yeah, Brendan Fraser tr- is confused by technology there's a trilogy that, I would totally want to talk about Brendan Fraser for several hours we'll call it a Himbology 101 <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah so uh, this junkyard scene is great where he's like 
flinging cards around at Kincaid, and then it has the great shot where like he, uh, he's kind of cornered in the middle of this little open area, and we get the shot where he yells out for Kristen's help, and it just tracks way high up. I know to become like one of those like. Yeah, it's like, like this it's great sh- shot of like a miniature or like a painting, I think, a matte painting of like mm-hmm. just a massive junkyard. And, and then it's like a great shot, but then it cuts back to him. And well, then like, Freddy just... Yeah. yeah. I, li- I like though how when it pulls out, though, it shows the whole world is like one big junkyard maze. That's such a cool image. <laughs> yeah, there's like... Um, Hellraiser 2 has a lot of these great matte painting sets. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you have like a, just a small set, but then everything else is just like this big weird album art drawing. Yeah, that that's something that kind of hell yeah that gets more obvious in the fifth one. <laughs> the fifth one, it's amazing. It it makes sense that the fifth one is the most expensive one in some ways. In other ways, it's just like oof, that movie that money was not well allocated. No, it was. I not. love I love his last line to Kincaid though. He stabs him, and Kincaid's like, "I'll see you in hell." Tell him Freddy sent you, and he drives it in further. I know he like it's like tell. I'll see you in hell. It's like, I work there, bitch. <laughs> I know I work here. Kincaid did his best to look as bad as possible. Yeah, and then, uh, so, yeah, so he's he's he cleaning tried. he's cleaning house on the people that, you know, killed him last time. Yeah. So, so yeah, he drowns next. Joey in the waterbed because he <laughs> thinks that the hot model from his wall is drowning in his waterbed. When she's just, like, all, like, perky and, like, hey, I'm, I'm looking horny. Yeah, and then, <laughs> Man, I really yeah. want to see what that building, that set looked like. Outside of, like, some of the sauna deaths and, like, death spa, I think that being killed by a waterbed is the most 80s way to die. It is. <laughs> only just... only way you could make it more 80s is if you're, like... If you um, did, like, a bunch of cocaine and your head exploded. Or, uh, let's see, you get crushed by, like, um... Was there... I'm trying to remember a movie where someone's hair gets set on fire because they have all the 80s hair product in their oh, hair. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, they do that and don't go in the house. Ah. Don't go in the house. No, I don't go in the house. I've seen it. Oh my god! I'm supposed to be getting mine uh, from Severin on Blu-ray here in the next couple days or so. I'll bring it over and show it to you. It's another take on like the Ed Gein type story or whatever. Oh, you did talk. You did tell me about but, that. But uh, no, there's a great scene though where like so like the killer in that his main thing is like his mom used to like stretch his arms out over the burner over the oh, stove. Oh, and this so, is like he builds like an oven room. Yeah, like a metal room. Yeah, but in this scene though, which you'll see, and you, I know you guys are, especially Sam, you're gonna laugh at a lot. Uh, he's in like a disco with his buddy. He's set him up with these chicks, and this girl's trying to get him to come dance, and she's like grabbing his arm, like pulling him, like come on. But what she doesn't realize is his arm is over a candle that's on their table, and it's he's like having like a PTSD freakout, and he fucking grabs the candle and shoves it at her, and it lights her product-filled hair on fire. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, that's pretty. That's pretty eighties, all right. But yeah. uh, but no, waterbed kill is great. I love how bitchy his mom is about mtv when she comes in like well, i don't know why you watch this crap it's like bitch it's music who cares so does nightmare have the worst parents yes it does yeah all the they, they really care about their kids enough to kill a man but then when their kids grow up they're like These you're on your own rats. no and like so Kristen, probably one of the best scenes is Kristen having dinner with her mom and her mom's like her mom, who is like such a piece of shit in the last movie, seems to actually be not that bad this time around. Yeah, at least not as much of a drunk. 
But then we reveal that she's given Kristen a bunch of sleeping pills because Kristen's been sleep depriving herself. And she's like, you killed me, mom. You killed me. And then so she's having the dream. And then it's like, oh, she's on a beach. It's not so bad. But wait, Jaws was really successful 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, and we and they just had Jaws, the revenge, the year before. So, ah. yeah. so it's Okay, so it's in the zeitgeist still. Yeah. Michael well, Caine. You know. My cocaine. That's yeah. a trilogy I don't think we want to do. So that is the goofiest death probably is like... Okay, she didn't actually die there. Like, so No, she didn't die on the beach. She, he, comes up, he comes up and then he's like, he's got the hand, his, his claws like the glove. And then it goes through the sand, which is it's another... like a shark fin. Yeah, it becomes another Tremors moment. I, I actually really like the beach stuff. I think it's pretty cool. Like, Because it's like, you know... And it, and it just kind of piggybacks off of uh, three, kind of really leaning into how you can really do anything with dreams. It's like, you know, the first two are very dark, very drab. Anytime these kids close their eyes, they find themselves in a fucking boiler room. So I like this idea of, you know, you start out in a good dream. You know, you're on a sandy Ohio beach <laughs> and... Then Freddy just shows up and fucking kills you, and then you go into the dark, drab, nightmare looking place. Because yeah, they do one of the cool effects I like where you fall into the other building, and then the ceiling is the floor. But I love, mm-hmm. though, how she does it is, you know, it's the danger that we all anticipated as kids going into adulthood is that danger of quicksand. Yeah, I was a lot more concerned about quicksand growing up. <laughs> but uh, but no, I like that, though. It kind of calls back to the first movie and the third, and even the third one, yeah, when, like, uh, in the first one, Nancy's running up the stairs and they turn to, like, marshmallowy goop. And the third one... Yeah, they turn into, like, oatmeal. And the third one, Kristen also, when she's in the intro, when she's running away from Freddy and the floor just turns into, like, goopy tar, yeah. like... That feels very dreamlike, though, when like you're running and your feet don't work. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. But uh, so she runs into the quicksand pit and it just drags her down. And I love Freddy comes in and just puts his foot on her head and just stomps her through. Yeah, pushes her into the sand and then. Yeah. So how does she actually die? So she gets she gets sent to the boiler room area after running away from her from Freddy at the beach, and then she gets thrown in the boiler. Oh, okay. And then so she's as she's dying, she calls Alice in. Well, because he he keeps egging her on. Oh yeah, it's like bring bring her in, and then yeah, you see the door open, and it's Alice's bedroom. And and she doesn't want to initially because he she knows what that's gonna do. But yeah, in the very end, she of course succumbs and pulls Alice in, and how sweet fresh meat. (laughs) And then she throws her powers at her. You'll need my power. Why? Which okay, time time to go into to, to a rant. So Freddy's killing the, the rest of the kids, and then she's like, "Okay, Kristen, bring me more people so I can kill." So is Freddy not able to go into other people's dreams by himself? Because it's from that point on that when Kristen passes over her powers to Alice, he's only able to kill people that Alice is able to bring into her dreams. Well, which you know- is good because Alice is a waitress. What? Yeah, exactly, which, which is what that scene is about. She's a, she's a waitress, and I found out through detective work... That that was her in the old age makeup. Well, that, but did you spot... <laughs> That's obvious. Did you spot what the diner was called? Soul food? What? It's no. the Crave Inn Diner. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Crave Inn. Get it? You I... know, his real name is Cravenberg. <laughs> That's not true. Cravenstein. His real name is Wes Zombie. 
okay, nice. <laughs> he changed it to avoid being compared to <laughs> Rob Zombie. Who wasn't around at the who point. Was, who was just a musician at the time. <laughs> but, uh, but so, yeah, so, so Freddy's like, Freddy's whole thing isn't like going into people's dreams on his own. He the has rules... to use Alice to go into so, other The rules dreams. do not make well, sense. Well, so you know what? They uh, really don't make sense by the next one. Well, so I've been thinking about it, and I'm probably way off and just sleep deprived, but. Um, no, that's the best state of mind to be in for yeah. these movies. Um, so uh, the way I see it, Freddy at first wasn't so much just out to just resume killing kids when he comes back in his dream state. He's primarily on a revenge quest to kill the kids of the Elm Street parents that burned him. Right. Who apparently so now, Kristen Kincaid and Joey were the last of. Exactly, yes. and so now that desire to keep going is still there. And so with Kristen being the last one, maybe he wants her to bring Alice in to give her her power so that he can start working on other kids unrelated to the Elm Street parents so that word of mouth will then spread about the Freddy Krueger dream killing because i mean like in so it's got to be it's it's belief based right like that's his exactly, whole thing exactly yeah, because like that's the whole thing in freddy versus jason where it's like you know they don't even they they've quarantined the kids that won't stop thinking about him in weston hills also it's a little the, bit of uh of freddy's dead exactly freddy's dead the whole He's kid like killing all the teenagers in town. That's the well, no, just all the kids in general. Like yeah. there are no more kids in Elm Street by the time of Freddy's dead. So when you get to uh, Freddy versus Jason, you know the kids that are left or that uh, they uh, they They're kept they, in like comas all the time. Yeah. yeah, they can't stop dreaming. They can't stop thinking about Freddy. So they quarantine them in the mental hospital. And in town, it's just an unspoken thing. Do not mention his name at all or else he will come back. So that's what I think is going on here is it's like, you know, he's officially done with the revenge quest. The Elm Street kids are gone. I want to keep going, though. Get back to business. I need someone to help. So maybe it's like a ritualistic thing where you have to kind of kill people's friends to get them to believe in you and then it can keep going, you know? It spreads. But that's but that would mean that he knew that Christian knew that she could pass her powers off to Alice. Possibly, but he was more worried about like getting her to just help. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to need you to get all the way off my back about that, sir. I know that that guy would take it would take that guy a while to try to piece out this trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> so but, why uh, did this so the movie can happen? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean it doesn't like it doesn't quite matter like personally to me like uh, like the like the the, the, the logic, I guess you could say, which is why I kind of put a lot of these, put these three movies on even keel as both as nonsense, but just entertaining nonsense. Well, like, none of these make sense. Well, yeah, none of these make sense, which like is why Jason, they're still entertaining. It's like, who's Jason killing? Just everybody, you know? Well, it's like the counselors that drowned him are long since dead. And even then, that was his mother's thing. Yeah, and the lady <laughs> who killed his mom, she's dead. Who's he still killing for? And you know what? Oh, at this point, it's just a territory thing. Yeah, but then why does he kill all the people in Manhattan anyway? Because he's expanding. He's expanding his operation, but then he goes back home. He'll, he'll, he's going to make New York a, a camp. <laughs> he terraforms it into a summer camp. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. How, how funny would that be if Jason had, like, poison ivy powers to just, like, grow, like, 
swamp around <laughs> New York buildings. <laughs> that would be pretty great if you made him like an elemental. Yeah. Like oh yeah. Like he's he... of the lake. Ooh, imagine, like a swamp thing character. Or imagine, character imagine Jason stalking through like Central Park on the regular. <laughs> Oh, then it would just be like a dark version of a troll in Central Park. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, or a dark version of uh, the Fisher King by yeah. Terry Gilliam. <laughs> Instead of Robin Williams as a fun homeless guy, it's crazy, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anywho, uh, so yeah, so we have a new friend group with Kristen though, we have, and they we are... have Alice, Sheila, Debbie, and Rick, and when... Moose, and Moose. Good for <laughs> Kristen being able to make friends so quickly. I know you. Re- she, they make friends really quickly in these movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You because know, you need a new, you need new grist for the mill. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, who who dies first? Is it Sheila? Sheila. Sheila. Yep. So why does she get grabbed by a cyberpunk claw? Because she uh, she's shown to kind of be like the machine savvy like inventor. Like yeah, she invent, or... she invents the sonic uh, emitter thing, thing to scare roaches for Debbie. So Which that translates into technology. Gr- that translates into grab her face with a robot hand. <laughs> I know, and then like he kisses her and sucks all the air out of her because she's asthmatic. It's he, very it's, inconsistent I, in some ways. I like that one liner too. It's like, hey, want to suck face? <laughs> I know, just... poor Sheila. I, honestly, I feel like these characters and this one are better than the cast that we had in the previous film. Interesting. In a, in certain ways, they're, yeah, they're more memorable to me because like I can I can't quite remember all the people that just like no, you're right. get killed they're off in the previous. You know one. what it is? They're kind of more token characters. In this the, is in more the one types. before it. Yeah, the previous one kind of had like more characters that we had more kills. Exactly. Like like I, like I think we had like four kills in the last one because we had a marionette, television, drugs, Nancy. Wizard. And Wizard. And Nancy's father. And Nancy's and, father. Yeah. And then in this one, we have... Uh, we have Joey and Kincaid at the head. Yep. We've got... Joey, uh, Kincaid, Kristen. Yeah, so the, the Dream Sheila. Warriors are dead. We've got Sheila. we got Rick, Debbie. Uh, so the best death, obviously, is Debbie's in this one. Oh, 100%. fuck yes. Let's go into... Let's talk about that, how crazy that death is. Just like, well, and, and you know, oh, God. you know what this goes into also is just the elevated production value in this one because the mm-hmm. Dream Master Ooh. was a fine, or Dream Warriors was a hit. It was made for like three, four million dollars or something and grossed like 40 million dollars at the box. I office. find it amazing that that movie was made for four million dollars. Exactly. Know, right? And uh, 80s money, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so Dream, uh, Dream Warriors is made for about. Uh, let's see. I have it right here. I have Dream, everything. Dream Warriors budget was four point between four point three and point six million, and it grossed forty four point eight million at the box office. So then, going forward, Dream Master was says a here six point five. Yeah, six point five million. And take made, away a forty nine million. Dude, like it's insane. And so yeah, so there's and way the, more production and, value in this one. The sets are bigger and more lavish. The dreams are more technically advanced like effects-wise. And they kind of he does I do like tapping into someone's fear, you know, like he doesn't always do that. You know, but like he I love it yeah. when yeah, he like uses your fears against you. I love yeah. the set design in this movie a lot. And so yeah, so now that in mind though going into the Debbie kill is just uh, God, gruesome. It's so, like, yeah. was, was the fly, did the fly remake come out around this time? Fly remake came out. So. Fly remake came out two years prior. Okay, so, so yeah, so definitely. they were definitely homaging the fly a little bit. 
Where... So she's terrified of cockroaches, and she's... so she's working out her feelings. Yeah. And uh, in her home gym, and then Freddy pops up, and Freddy pops up to spot her. Yeah, and then so does like, a what? bad job. So yeah, he like puts all the weight on her so that her arms snap all the way back. Well, yeah, she's yeah. got she's she's got the the weight bar, and he's like pressing it down on her, and she's trying to hold it back up. And yeah, then her elbows split open, and and ugh. then like bug legs start coming out of her torso, and then her face. Like she gets another a, another sticky floor. Yeah, yeah she then falls. she runs and she falls, but looks to be inside of a roach trap. Yeah, it's that horrible yellow glue, which so okay. So this made me think of a scene that really fucked me up when I was a little kid. Did you guys ever watch Honey? We shrunk ourselves. Yes. No. Uh. Uh-uh. You never watched Honey? We shrunk ourselves. Okay, so they're like. No, that's a trilogy. That'd be fun. I'd, I'd be <laughs> There's a part where, yeah, so like they're going around and they're finding all these like insect droppings, and it's like, oh, don't worry, this is dry. You only need to be worried if you come across and he like presses one of the turds and it falls apart as like a wet one, and then they get chased by a cockroach mm-hmm. and they're like stuck inside of a roach motel. That's a really haunting scene, guys. The the Honey I Shrunk the Kids movies are haunting. Oh yeah, <laughs> Stuart, first... Stuart Gordon was like the writer of the first one. Really, oh, Stuart Gordon? Really? Yeah, dude. Wow. Which is why the first one is kind of like a fucking horrifying Ray Bradbury, Ray, Ray Harryhausen movie in some ways. Um. But yeah, the Roach Motel is definitely the big highlight kill of this of this movie. But yeah, she turns into a cockroach and then he's holding up the Roach Motel and crushes it, and it's so gooey. But the then on the goo. on the flip side, we also have the shitty part of going after the kids' personalities for their dreams in the way of Rick and his fucking martial arts. <laughs> yeah, confronting the fear that you actually suck at martial arts, you stupid white boy. Really quick before we go into that one, though, I just want to say also enhanced to the Roach Motel death is how. Uh, uh, Moose and Alice are trying to like race and like drive to go save her. Oh, oh is that when like they keep it looping? Loop. And they're yeah. in a horrible time loop where they're like, I'm driving and they like always make it, but they never make it to save her. You Dormammu, know, Mamu, I've come to bargain. Yeah. Uh, I but, really thought that the motorcycle that he has on the back of his truck was going to be the motorcycle in part five. I was like, <laughs> remember, I was like, man, they set up for the motorcycle. That's really cool. And then it was like a completely different motorcycle. <laughs> a completely I different color. Yeah. And, it, and basically like a dream motorcycle, yeah, too. Yeah, it was never real because he just died in the truck. But anyway, so, um, uh, but yeah, the, the, the ninja thing, which, by the way, was so weird how like just ninja, like, culture just took over in the 80s no that was really big in the 80s and like the nunchucks and everything it was like was it you that told me that nunchucks are like completely american american made the film versions are apparently there are ones in asian culture and like china that are a little more accurate but they're like bigger they're kind of staff like makes more sense and these are just like something that bruce lee like had to be like more like tricksy with on front of the camera so it's just the whole thing about nunchucks is not about offensive it's just about looking cool yeah pretty much (laughs) Yeah. So does she ever use the nunchucks on Freddy? Um, I don't remember. If she did, it Maybe was when probably she... briefly in the church scene at the end. Yeah. She uses some karate, but not her nunchucks. I don't... Yeah, I just don't know, actually. I, I don't think she had the nunchucks as the thing from his from her brother. She, she does, the, though. Remember, she has the whole thing? She had the headband. No, she had the headband. And the like, nunchucks. I, did she have the... I just she puts them in the holster. No, she, no, wait, she... no, she puts the, the sound thing in the tolster. She has, okay, but she has a whole scene with the nunchucks to demonstrate that she has Which is stupid. Yeah. I hate that. Well, I hate it because, like, it's a body double with, like, a completely <laughs> different wig. <laughs> Which, like, you know, in Friday Five, there's another character who does karate kind of randomly, and it's always a body double every time. 
Oh, yeah, it's Tommy when he's doing... Yeah, remember how Tommy has ninja skills for no reason? Yeah, he kicks the shit out of Redneck Boy. <laughs> yeah, he's been training his whole life to beat up Jason, I guess. <laughs> he had me, mama! <laughs> but, uh, no, um... Sheila's death, like we said, it's great. One of my favorite dream sequences in this is when Kristen is in the nurse's office. Oh, yeah. And it's clearly Robert England pulling in a Bugs Bunny in drag. <laughs> and uh his arms are so hairy i love though when uh uh you know it's it's tranquil it's calm and then uh england turns around and gives that little chuckle and like he does show england's back and he like lurches forward and like the blood shows through the the white nurse outfit then he turns around as Freddy. He's got the tray with all the blood vials. He's like, I want to draw some blood. And the whole room is covered in blood. Jeez. And... <sighs> yeah, like, I do love uh, these movies where they just take safe environments and make them really unsafe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no. Freddy's in top form in this movie. Like, oh, absolutely. He's doing it, great. I think this, this may be my favorite uh, Freddy throughout the whole series. No, I know. Like, um... I might agree. I really like the dream sequence where Alice... So Alice uh, works at this fucking restaurant. The Craven Diner. And so a... she has a dream where it's like she's just stuck there forever. And so she goes in and it's like her old self. And she's like, what's your order, hun? I can't stay here forever. <laughs> no, she's, I, then she's like, I don't want to be here forever. So, whatever. Something like that. I don't want to be here forever. And then like... Which is quite, pretty, I think, my favorite scene because that also. Yeah, shows... then we get the um, soul meatballs. It's a yeah. very, it's a very Twin Peaksy scene for sure. <laughs> yeah, it, is. it does feel very Twin Peaksy. But like, like she gets sucked into the movie theater and the screen, and yeah, she falls asleep watching what movie? Evil Dead or no, Reefer Madness. Yeah, yeah. she watches Reefer Madness, <laughs> which so is like, which also is played like it's a silent, a silent film when it's yeah, not. there's no hey, sound. I, I, I there's will only commend, piano playing. I will commend them though for being a horror movie using a public domain movie within their movie and it's not night of the living dead for a change so kudos yeah. to them. okay that's fair yeah. <laughs> no it's like or it, house on haunted hill <laughs> there's only so many public domain things to show oh well, there's more now there's yeah more every year well yeah now like mickey mouse yep we, we <laughs> or winnie officially... the pooh <laughs> We but can make uh, our own mickey mouse you guys yay guys we should cross over freddy and mickey mouse or Freddy and Winnie the Pooh. I was going to say, Winnie the Pooh used to have those really freaky dreams with the pink elephants. Oh, yeah. Imagine the lumps. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the, the heffalumps and woozles. Yeah, the heffalumps and the woozles. Like, they ha- he has to team up with them to kill Freddy. They're the real dream warriors. Uh, I was going to say, imagine a, a Freddy woozle. <laughs> or Freddy heffalump. Just like big burnt up heffalump kind of thing with a red with a red and green color scheme. And the end of the trunk has the claw. <laughs> we uh, when that Christopher Robin movie came out, where you and McGregor played old Christopher. Robin. Oh my god! And they're like real live action poo and friends. We would joke about how like Christopher Robin grew up to be you and McGregor. And yeah. Winnie the Pooh is just critiquing him for all his acting. <laughs> like, oh, Revenge of the Sith. That was a good one. Really? No. <laughs> uh, I was good in train spotting. Was it night Pooh Bear? Uh, I don't know who's seen that movie. <laughs> oh, bother. I hear you're in You're so mean, Pooh Bear. Stop being so mean to me, Pooh Bear. I locked you in the closet so I wouldn't have to hear your endless critiques. I hear you were in Doctor Sleep, which is fitting because sleeping is all I did through that movie. 
shit, that was a really good poop there. <laughs> that was pretty good. We, you might be able to finally do that skit. Yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> pretty good poop every. <laughs> that was completely un- unplanned too. It's like, but, it uh, sounds like, and it's funny because just last night I was using my voice to actually like, <laughs> like yeah, no, Briggs goes all the way, all went, the way over the map. I went up with Malevolent Creation last night and did Eve of the Apocalypse with him, and that was fun. But my voice, I felt, was kind of shot this morning, so I'm shocked that that Pooh Bear turned out as good as it did. I think Pooh Bear sounds like a heavy metal singer who's out of who's, who ran out of voice. <laughs> Hey man, I really loved you. Said, "Oh, thank you." (laughs) 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 If you met like Rowdy Roddy Piper after a show, he was like, "Oh, thank you." It's like actual George Patton. His voice doesn't actually sound like George C. Scott or Rob- or Robert England's voice. To be yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to draw some blood. <laughs> So yeah, so <laughs> Woody the Pooh, so, Nightmare on uh, 100 Acre Wood Street. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so uh, the set, like I said, the set design in this is so great. Even just like the real world, like set, like the high school looks so like the, I'd say that argue that this is the most cinematic looking film in the series. I would agree. Yeah, like because uh, even even though it's the highest budgeted one in the series, Freddy's uh, the Dream Child looks like fucking shit. It's so cheap looking. Where yeah, the fuck did they, all that money go to? On uh, that MC Escher ending, maybe. But even that looks terrible. It looks awful. But just, this though, like even you, when it's just the classroom, like it looks so good. No, yeah, they do like that really subtle effect with the Sheila scene where they painted all the tiles to make it look like the floor yeah. is kind of caving in. We so, get a uh, we get a Robert Shea cameo in one of, talking about dreams in one of the classrooms. He's been the uh, producer, producer of the franchise. Yeah. And that's uh, that's leading into Rick's death scene. Um, which that's... that's he sleep a, that's, in the toilet or something? Yeah, he's asleep in the bathroom, so then all yeah, of a sudden they're the stall... the door. And the stall gets the kicked open, and they come in and rush him, trying to kick his ass, and he just starts destroying all of them, a la Raid 2. And yep. <laughs> <laughs> How does he end up in the elevator? Um, when he walks out of the uh, the stall, he's like in like a weird room or whatever that leads to a hallway that leads to the elevator or something and then it's going down down going down (laughs) it's getting thrown away thrown around star trek style and then yeah (laughs) he enters the dojo (laughs) and like this is disappointing that he fights invisible freddy yeah this is stupid i hate this scene it's It's a very very cheap move to just have some karate moves or just pretend to be fighting a guy that's not there. As stupid as the scene is, though, the dojo set looks really cool, though, with the fog on the ground. It's and very Karate Kid era. It, yeah, it is very Karate. This movie is basically Macchio. just like, uh, oh, what's popular in the eighties? Let's throw all. It's the, like, yeah, like we got the uh, chicks doing. Chicks are into fitness now, so that's why we have the Debbie thing. We got Fly reference, Jaws reference, Karate Kid reference. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> you have the fat boys doing the theme this time oh, around yeah, since hip hop's taking over. Hip hop's taking over, man. Um, but uh, um, but then when after Rick is killed, though, we go back to the classroom setting, and I really love this bit, even though it makes no sense. Where all the windows get blown out, and uh, Robert Shea's like just like barely getting out of the way in time for all the glass to get blasted in, but it, it it just goes back to what I was saying. It looks so 
good. Like it's the lighting in these mo- this movie, the set design, the cinematography. It's just such a more cinematic looking movie, and it's my favorite looking fran- movie in the franchise. To be honest, how Freddy affects the real world is really questionable. And like all like like the closest one we got to see where he's like 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 it makes sense is where he's marionetting the one kid. Yeah, and then after that, it's like. How did that kid get in a water bed? <laughs> how did that? How did that? Uh, that bed get set on fire? When well, like, yeah, like Kristen so. Most died? do most of these kids like technically die of a heart attack, or because I guess uh, so. Like, because Sheila doesn't when she wakes up, she's not well, like she, sucked up. She's just dead. No, she's having a major asthma attack. No, that's how they write it off. Yeah. But like, so was Johnny Depp actually liquefied in the first one? Yeah, that's what I've always wondered. I what, don't know. Did he get liquefied? Because they're like, don't go in there. <laughs> oh, and how did uh the gym fitness girl die then? You know, since we said that she was crushed inside of a roach motel, so did she get crushed under her weight or something? Yeah, they don't really have a lot of scenes of like the parents being like, well, oh my god. As stupid as you did it find, is, you they... do find Joey inside of the waterbed though, which. Doesn't yeah, that, make sense. It, that's what I said. It doesn't I think make the, any sense. I think the one, the only one that, the only one that does is in five when it's the comic book kid and they just find him under all the scaffolding that collapsed. <laughs> yeah, that's the closest one. That's a, like, uh, oh, this real world. Well, no, and also Moose dies in a car crash. Oh, and Moose dies in a car crash. Yeah, but we'll get to that and we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. So like, no, actually, all the five ones have like real world like showing is what happened. But um. Eventually, though, all her friends are killed off. And, and we... then she gets their superpowers. Because that's her powers to absorb powers, I guess. Yeah. She's like Peter Petrelli in Heroes. Yeah, in Heroes. <laughs> but, uh... a, great, a great TV show. <laughs> a great waste of your time. <laughs> but uh... Did you ever read Watchmen and think, what if this sucked? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then we get to the finale where... Uh, um... We got some really trippy ass dream stuff going on, like Alice and Moose in the uh, fucking uh, the rotating uh, cylinder, and we that great shot of Freddy at the end where he's just watching it spin around and the lights are shooting through it, and yeah, the fog. Yeah, Moose, yeah, Moose ends up in the hospital, and it's essentially Alice has to rescue him from Dreamland. Yeah, cause which is they, really neat. And she crashes his car, thinking she's hitting Freddy, when in fact it's just like a pole or something. Yeah, idiot. But uh, moron. And so yeah, they're gonna operate on Moose, and they're gonna put him under. And so she goes into the dream world after looking all badass and yeah she tries out her nunchucks or her body double does yeah (laughs) but uh no so this last dream segment though in the chapel is one of my favorite dream sequences in the whole move in the whole Mm -hmm. franchise because the chapel looks amazing yeah they do the warped perspective to make it look like it's super giant exactly and you got the cut the stained glass windows with the lights blinking through them and freddie robert england's in top fucking form in this character in this scene and of course the fight between her and uh freddie is badass like oh, yeah mm-hmm. she's some karate and gym gymnastics and we do get the scene where freddie's showing off all the faces inside of his body yes oh, yeah iconic we got so, that in the last one didn't we yeah he he briefly shows it in three There's okay like yeah where they're like a the chest real piece with the faces but the we boobs. uh but in this one this is the one where they double down on it and they and it it's what does them in so they, like he they, shows it off, and then they like all just start to push out of him. They Doctor Who him, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like that Doctor Who episode where in which the it's all those the, the absorbable off. Yeah, the absorbable off. Where <laughs> those people are trying to find the Doctor, and this weird alien guy comes along, and he's just like one by one absorbing them into his body. 
and in then the end, the end they tear they tear they tear them apart. And then one of them, her face is stuck to a piece of um, cement. Cement. Like, so this guy has his girlfriend's face on a piece of cement, and he's like, "We even have a bit of a love life." It's like you fuck that thing's face. Oh, God, <laughs> you sick son of a bitch. It's the only thing they can do. But uh, no, the dream, the dream master rhyme that's introduced in this is, is not a real dumb. rhyme. It's She's kinda... like, you know the rhyme about the dream master. It's like, well, you no. can tell me. And then it's no. like, I let, now I lay me down, my, down to sleep. The master of dreams, my soul to keep. It's like that's not how that goes but uh no she she brings it back though at the end when she goes to vanquish freddy and we get the great scene where uh she uh shows him the mirror shard or whatever and that he sees the face of true evil or some shit i don't know i was which i feel like he's looked into mirrors before but yeah. anyway, but uh, it's then a, he then all all the he souls, was a mirror. All the all the souls within him start like reaching out and grabbing. Them. Great scene, yeah, yeah. This shit a... rules. Very Cronenbergian, like body horror, especially yeah. the arm that reaches out of the back of his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where oh, the, so cool. Where the where the last one was kind of a Sam Raimi one. This one is a lot more Cronenbergian. It definitely Cron- feels more Cronenberg. It, this this is the bastard child of David Cronenberg and David Lynch. Straight oh, yeah. up. <laughs> oh, they're all David Davids. Lynch. Yeah. But uh but yeah, this one is a very strong entry in the franchise. I feel like this kind of really solid this, I feel like this movie more than anything is uh is what solidified Freddy not just as a good horror villain, but as a villain you could absolutely rank alongside like characters like Darth Vader or Tulsa Doom from fucking Conan the Barbarian or like all the classic movie villains you know Freddy is officially in that now he's not just another horror villain he's a Hollywood movie icon at this point also isn't this like I think we pointed out this is like the first one where they start calling him Freddy yeah like in the last one they were calling him Fred Krueger trying to be a little I don't know which one is more serious, Fred or Freddy. Just, Fred is, Fred Fred is, is more not, formal. Yeah, Fr- My Fred father is, is Fred. Uh, yeah. Fred is still kind of a silly name. I am Frederick Kruger. Hey, it's Fred. But uh, but no, yeah, fantastic movie. Drop firing on all cylinders. This is like, so this is the perfect one because like, you need a high school scenario. Otherwise, it's not a true Nightmare on Elm Street movie to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would agree. Like... like like you guys are talking about, like you need to have like a real world to balance out the crazy shit in the dream world. And the last one, you know, we had a weird like we're in an not, insane asylum. So. It's not quite Arkham level looking. Not like the next one. I just but, love. I just love you know. It's like you're sleep deprived, and then you still have a test tomorrow. You know. Yeah. Yes. It's like that's the worst. Like like having the real world to ground the the crazy shit that happens in the dream world is a very important thing. I think in making these movies. But uh. Do you want to go ahead and rate this thing? Absolutely. Uh, you go first, Brig. I'm going to give this one a 9 out of 10 also. It's not 100% perfect. Obviously, none of these movies are. No. But mm-hmm. it it this, just like Dream Warriors, is this franchise firing on all cylinders at the same time. And it this even more than dream warriors i would say is what really cemented what this series would be known as for the rest of from going forward so yeah and it's a i'm gonna give it a 9.5 out of 10 it's just a personal favorite it's very i don't know it's scary it's funny it's Mm. got a great environment good characters 
Well, I'm also going to give it a 9 out of 10 as the best one in this trilogy by far. Possibly the best one in the franchise? I don't know. I go I go back and uh, forth between this and Dream Warriors, to be honest, lately. Like I said, I like this cast of characters a bit better. It's more pronounced. and They're more likable, for sure. Whilst the plot doesn't quite make sense when you're trying to analyze it, as far as a nightmare film goes, you will have a lot of fun watching it. Man, these movies are all like three years in a row. Like just one I know, after right? another. 87, 88, 89. Sam, it's amazing that the dip in quality didn't happen until uh, the next one. Yeah. Which we will go into next up. The important thing is Freddy's dead forever now. Yeah, we're never going to see Freddy ever again. No we, more. We got him this time. We can officially dream again. The Dream Child. I guess a month later... Alice graduates high school with her boyfriend Moose and a bunch of new friends, not the least bit scared of the girl with a bunch of dead friends. But they find out soon enough as Freddy returns to kill again. And not too long after, Alice discovers she's pregnant with a creepy dream master of her own. After a few deaths, Alice and her son defeat Freddy, shoving him back in the womb from whence he came. In the end, Alice gets to have a peaceful life with her very traumatized son, and the franchise never got worse than that. Nope. No other movies. Nothing else. Freddy's dead. No more new nightmares. (laughs) 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 All right. So I just showed showed Sam the video for Ready for Freddy, and he only made it like halfway through. (laughs) I mean, it's not a great video to watch on a phone. You need to watch it on a bigger screen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I get, yeah that, that's that's the issue. But uh, <laughs> so Dream Child. So all right. Um, so so we just came off of a juggernaut of a movie. Like holy shit, mm-hmm. Dream Master is so great. We want to rush another sequel into production because that has never gone wrong before in the history of horror movies. Am I right? I mean, it worked for the yeah. last one. <laughs> it did. No, they yeah, did. A, they did a rush job, and it's kind of like. Um, I'm trying to think of examples, but like sometimes that rushed energy does make a good movie. Yeah. So Scream Two is not a bad sequel, you know, and that no. was made like that was crammed into a year's production, <laughs> like less than a year. Uh, Especially with having to reshoot shit too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Friday Two was like done on a really crammed schedule, you know. So like, and and of course, yeah, Dream uh, Dream Master, but this one is where the f- seams start to show. I think that the the, the the fact that this one kind of really sucks the way it does <laughs> is kind of like payback for how good Dream Master ended up being because it was a rush job. It's like, oh, okay, you had your good rush job. Now we're going to give you the bad one. <laughs> well, so it might have been ambition as well. Like they're trying yeah. to do a big, weird, epic story. And it's like, I don't know. They always end up making it about a kid, you know, like Halloween 6. It's like, oh, we got to get this baby. Uh, it's always, Jason goes to hell. We gotta get this baby. It's always the tri- the end of the trilogy, where in which it just gets all too crazy. <laughs> yeah, and this is also 1989, which is not a great year for horror. We got at least not for the big franchises, anyhow. Yeah, so we have a uh, Halloween Five, which is of course not great. <laughs> you have Jason takes Manhattan. Jason takes oh, Manhattan, God. which he does everything but take Manhattan. <laughs> he walks around Manhattan. But takes a uh, fucking cruise ship. Yeah, he takes a walk in Manhattan. <laughs> Ooh, although Tetsuo the Iron Man came out that year. You had Shocker in 89 also. Puppet Master, Pet Cemetery. Yeah, so 1989 was not devoid of good horror. 
But for the big slashers... Exactly. It was pretty fucking bad. Intruder. Yep. That's the grocery store one, right? Yep, with Sam Sam and Ted Raimi. And Bruce Campbell is is in it, too, isn't he? Warlock. Slashers, much like superheroes, have their... Ooh, society came out in 89. We lived in a society in 1989? Fuck oh, yeah. God. Oh, yeah. Ghostbusters 2 came out in 89, though. Yeah. Oof. Um, well, we had both Deep Star 6 and Leviathan, and I honestly forgot <laughs> the difference between those two movies. You got The Abyss. <laughs> that was the year before, wasn't it? No, I thought that was 89. Uh, Bride of Reanimator. Fuck yeah. Oh. No, wait, no, that was 1990, wasn't it? It says 89. Oh, wow. I thought that was 90. Oh, well, um, probably got Sleepaway Camp confused. 3. Oh, God. Now you're going into bullshit territory. Wow, Wes Craven had two movies that year. Oh, no, no, no. Never mind. No, he didn't. Um, there was The Return of Swamp Thing. Uh, yeah, I don't think he had anything to do with that one. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. So, Nightmare 5 sounds Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. So, yeah, we're we're ta- good, dipping into bad sequel territory now. So, I'll go ahead and dive in. Nightmare 5 is not great. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm going to defend Nightmare 5 as uh, in the same spirit of X-Men 3 and Spider-Man 3. Oh, Jesus. Are they... You're losing me in this argument. Are yeah, they dude. good movies? No. 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 But... <laughs> are they fun movies? Also, Not no. really. <laughs> no, no, no. You're wrong there. You're wrong there. They're, they are fun movies. In fact, they even have the same spirit as the previous movies. Oh, God. <laughs> How? Explain. Because they're still just really wacky, just jumping around, no logic whatsoever. Characters are still a bunch of, you know, fun people to enjoy and watch, in my opinion anyway. And the kills are still pretty imaginative. Well, you know what? With the exception of the likable characters thing, I could make that exact same argument for Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Well, that was annoying. But then you can't, actually. You can't. No, I will. Who's your favorite character, Brecken Meyer? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, no, we can all agree on that. Boing, 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 boing. (laughs) He gets killed by the Super Nintendo. You know, he gets killed by the Power Glove. (laughs) Power Glove. But, uh... But he's yeah. playing on the Super Nintendo at first, and then they like storm in and plug it, and he's like, you forgot the power glove, and then he turns it off, and then he kills, and he's like, oh, I'm playing with power. Oh, yeah, that was my first Freddy movie, was coming across Freddy's Dead on the TV, and it's that scene. Oh, God. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> that's, a wor- that's a worse fate than the 2010 remake. No, I just was I was just confused. I was like, I kind of thought he was supposed to be scary. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so so it's a year later. Alice is graduating high school with a whole new friend group, and yeah, she's so like, now in a relationship every, with Moose. And every single time this shit happens, you have to be like, "There's this guy named Freddy Krueger who kills you in your dreams." Like that's crazy. How it, does that work? Well, it's like that's how all my other friends died, and my friends' friends before. <laughs> you don't remember watching Sheila freak out in class last year? Yeah, no, I wasn't there. Yeah, we, I was absent that day. We we were all absent. We were playing hooky. So let's see. Her her victims are. I like how um, you say they're her victims. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Yvonne is her friend, but she isn't a victim as much. She gets attacked, but she she doesn't yeah, die. She yeah. Doesn't so die. she's got the black friend who doesn't die this time. And th- um, this is one Greta of her. Is Erica Anderson? So Greta's the uh, the supermodel with an eating disorder. Oh, yeah. hey, I'm to say really quick, uh, this is a slasher movie in which the black character gets to live. And it's the first Freddy movie where the friend actually makes it through the whole thing, too. Good point. Yeah. 
Yeah, Get on this movie. And um, she's so, not yeah. quite the final girl. Yeah. And we got um, Mark, the comic book nerd, with like the really weird frosted spiky hair. You know, maybe yeah. this is why I feel. Like I think you like look. Mark, the comic book nerd. I do like Mike, the Mark, the comic book nerd. <laughs> He's fun. With all his '80s Marvel comics just scattered around the floor, like yeah, all I will comic say, book nerds do. I, I will say that is not the way you treat comic books unless they're like really bad. I mean, I know Marvel suffered in the early '80s, and so did DC. And comics in general were like pretty shitty in the early '80s before <laughs> Alan Moore came and fixed them. But come on, man! Doesn't he actually literally have like Rob Liefeld comics? Uh, no, this was way, I don't way think Way before has, Rob Liefeld. I mean, Liefeld was a thing at the time, and he was doing stuff, but he wasn't quite as popular at yeah. that point. He hadn't gotten a hold of Deadpool and Cable yet. Well, uh, well, I mean, no, because, uh, uh, I think he was working on X-Force a little bit before that. Oh. But yeah, But so Deadpool wasn't a thing in that point. These, uh, these characters aren't great. I mean, Yvonne, the friend, is... I guess I would say the best of the friend group in this one because, like, well, she she's does, like a she's a nurse in training. Well, she, yeah, she she's a candy striper, like you mentioned, and she like shows genuine concern for Alice and what she's going through uh, while still being very skeptical about the whole idea of a guy killing you in your dreams until she is in a, it eventually attacked herself. And yeah, then, so like even if her friends hadn't been murdered, which they did, her brother was also murdered. And that's the other thing is that these people, that her friends in this one, are actually a little more involved in trying to help her figure out and like stop Freddy. Yeah. Because like in the previous one, Alice is like, she's kind of blindly trying to figure out what's the best way to stop Freddy, and just eventually settles. I'll just fight him with a bunch of shit uh, in in a church. And in the previous one, everyone's dying one by one, scattered about. You know, kind of like not really being effective. <clears throat> Alice and her friends are actually trying to solve the problem, trying to figure out what's the best way to go about solving it. Yvonne goes to the thing to go it, and the, then the comic book nerd he finds all the files and he's like figuring everything. Yeah, he's out. doing he's doing nerd research. So I'm just saying this is a bit more of a team than we got in the previous two. These are the real dream warriors, this and the- again, like all the dream warriors. But uh, you mentioned though, uh, Mark's doing research into Freddy's background, which of course leads me to this part of the film where we actually get real flashback backstory yeah. for Freddy Krueger. They the So back when Amanda Krueger was young and sexy, she was locked in the she was locked in the overnight. It was like don't they have like dialogue with the two maintenance guys? Yeah, it's like, it's it's like he's, count, there he's counting, counting it and, and he's like he's like ninety eight, ninety nine it's like stop counting. It's, it's a hundred maniacs. Let's go home for Christmas. <laughs> And it shows Amanda Kruger, young nun Amanda Kruger, severely undersupervised in this crowd of lunatics, watching them leave her. And we have a suspiciously Robert Englandy, Freddy-looking lunatic in the bunch as well. So I wonder which one of these guys fired the winning shot. Well, the I mean, one played, what you, the one played by Robert England, right? Well, well, no, guys, what you don't see is that. Him and like his uh, octuplet similar looking brothers are actually <laughs> in the room. If only there was more of him to spread around. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a very disturbing flashback, and we also then flash to uh, uh, a vision of uh, Amanda giving birth to Freddie. 
and yeah, and apparently like, oh, well. he comes out looking weird, which is weird because that's not how came out feet first too, didn't he? Yeah, he came out feet first apparently, and he looks like a, a puppet. Yeah, but I think that's this more... is one of God's creations, I sister. I don't think that's supposed to be what actually happened. I think it's a bit more of a dreamy thing, and that's yeah. just you know how he's supposed to look like, so that he can go to his sweater and grow into it. But one, uh, one thing... that'd be great if they like put him in the sweater like in South Park. Yeah, you know they put <laughs> like every Kenny. time Kenny gets reborn, they just put him in the jacket and grows <laughs> in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh. But it's important to note, though, that this whole dream Alice is witnessing of uh, yeah, and, of and in the dream being she's, born, she's Amanda, right? Well, she starts off as Amanda, yeah. but then oh, okay. she kind of converts over to just like a spectator. Yeah. But it's important to note, though, she is completely awake during Ooh. this dream. And, it, and this kind of becomes our mystery for the first part is right. how can she dream while she's awake? So she now. This she, is a cool idea, right? Yeah. That a, mm-hmm. a fetus can dream. Exactly. We find out that her baby, we discover she's pregnant with, is dreaming. I actually did do research on this, and apparently, uh, like fetuses gestating at twenty-eight to thirty weeks can uh, experience dream waves. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Or do you think they dream about not being aborted? Oh, Do you think they like cross their fingers like, come on, Man, I'm almost a home base. You just like, come on, <laughs> you really, you really ate some spicy shit. You're trying to like get out now. I'm just, I don't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I yeah, avoided, so she, I avoided rewatching it when you, when you were watching all of them. <laughs> she calls Dan to tell she her because they're, ha- they're having a they're having a pool party at the at the school swimming pool which is really nice of the school by the way to just yeah, like, I know, have, like they have like beer and shit around the pool Champ- he's got a full bottle of champagne that he's going to share with his girlfriend who's hotter oh, now than she was so, in the previous movie so we, we glossed over this so during the graduation scene we get to introduce to moose's parents and they're kind of like uh uh, like yeah, the you're whole dating a lower class girl. The whole the whole thing the mm-hmm. whole the whole message with this that they're kind of going after is like the fear of growing up, you know, leaving high school and you've got all these expectations heaped upon you like your parent like moose one girl's trying to be a, a her mom's forcing her to be a supermodel so she's got all these eating disorders and then moose's parents are really pushing the pro football college football uh thing like they're, they're having to meet with a coach or something like that and they and mark seems to be living in a warehouse by himself yeah with i think it's his dad's dad. possibly cool like his dad's a contractor or something but well, um cool. But yeah, he seems like the only cool parent in the bunch just because we don't get to know him. <laughs> yeah, but, his negligence makes him cool. I also think that the theme is, of course, uh, you know, the, this tenderness of motherhood kind of thing. Like, well, the parents are the worst in this, right? Yeah, so it's like parents, we want to try to change change it for the future. The parents are the most cartoonish in this one, and the only good parents are Amanda Kruger and uh, Alice. Well, no, yeah, I would. His dad actually becomes a better dad. Yeah, I yeah. was gonna say I would argue in favor of her dad more because he's an alcoholic piece of shit in the last one. Yeah, but and like he's the sobered of, up. Yeah, he sobered I, up after know, the we, death of his son. And we she, forgot like, that scene where he gets really real with her about like you're all I have left in the last one. I don't want you to go. Like, and it, he's and a it's great a great character. And it's apparent in this one that he's been going to like AA meetings and stuff. There's no alcohol allowed in the house. 
else and oh and there's also a really neat scene with the opening thing of uh the, you know them in graduation and uh, he shows up after she's like way to go and missing graduation dad and he's like i'm right here and it's like really cute and like you know you you know yeah. for it yeah he's one of the only cast members that they hold over along with moose yeah <laughs> but uh but no so moose's parents think that he's wasting his time dating alice they want him to go after the pro football career and so uh uh yeah they want to go to europe for like just a quick vacation mm-hmm. exactly and so uh he's got the bottle of champagne to celebrate and so alice calls him all freaked out about this waking dream she had okay about yeah amanda getting and about the potential a train for, ran on her yeah and the potential for freddie coming back and so moose hops in his uh moose mobile to <laughs> speed after alice but uh yeah, does the car start falling up, or he can't slow down? He falls asleep at the wheel. Oh, jeez. And, uh, and so the dream takes over. We get this great scene, Freddy fucking with Dan in the driver's seat. Like, I love, I love this. Like, he like pours the the champagne on his arm and melts his arm off, sticks it to the ceiling, and then stretches it down to be the seat belt. Right. And- <laughs> so stupid. And then, so, like, what, we, the car we, crashes and he steals a motorcycle? Yeah, he crashes, he goes through the windshield, and his clothes are all tattered, and we get the most Freddy one-liners in a single kill in this scene. Yeah, where he's just going, like, as he's riding the motorcycle, and just the motorcycle's like, Hey, Dan, don't dream and drive! <laughs> so what does the motorcycle do exactly? It goes fast. It just goes so fast that it starts blowing off his hair and stuff, and he turns into a weird... He turns into Tetsuo the Iron Man. He turns yeah. into a Borg. He turns into a <laughs> Warhammer 40k like Adeptus Mechanicus soldier. Yeah, that's a but, weird uh, scene. And Robert Englund like just it. spouting random lines, and they kept every single one of them. <laughs> like he turns into the motorcycle too, and he's like, mm-hmm. he's like a weird like wiry puppet. It's pretty great. But uh, uh, yeah, I love the effects in that scene though. Like I love the look of Dan when he's got all the shit hooked into him, and like yeah. There's a lot of steam coming off of the whole thing. It's very Ghost Rider-ish. Um, but he looks, looking at him now, though, he looks a lot like Michael Bay era um, Megatron. He does a little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit, like just all the gears and the red eyes. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, darker. Than so the then, moon. when he when he when he does wake up, he gets into a head-on collision with a tractor trailer that kills him on impact. And uh, you know, of course, that's the fact that he fell asleep at the wheel had the champagne in the car, was speeding, is just all used against him in the end. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as Freddy Krueger. He's dead. No, Dan was just driving drunk and fell asleep at the wheel and crashed. No, that's what I'm saying. So there's, like, in this one especially, there's more, like, realistic, like, things that happen that get them killed. Yeah. Like, so, like, Moose gets... Moose Moose dies behind the car. <laughs> <laughs> Moose Moose dies in a car accident. Yeah, Moose dies in a car accident. And then uh, the supermodel, in her dream, she's, like, getting... She's being force-fed. Fed. She's, like, getting force-fed a yeah, lot. Yeah, she's, and like, she's she falls asleep at the dinner table with her mom. And it looks like she's choking at the dinner table instead to them. And then uh, the comic book guy... He, he gets like shredded up. <laughs> he gets shredded up, and in the real world, it looks like she he's gotten crushed by a uh, an unstable shelf of like construction stuff. That doesn't make any sense. Eh, I mean, his dad looks like the sleazy type who would cut corners, so it's not super unbelievable. So yeah, it's and not also like, keeping... it's not like the last girl died with food in her mouth in her throat anyway. I thought she did. 
Yeah, but, I mean, she was still dying in a dream, so it looked like she choked. So, like, we also, um, in keeping with, like, trying to do what's popular at the time, uh, every time Mark gets pulled into his dream, it's, like, the style of um, Take On Me a little bit, where it's, like, (laughs) a rotoscoped animation. Take on me. I really like that, how it's, like, gray, and he's the only character in color and of course he's wearing this really silly looking like almost 90s even like a lot of the architecture and a lot of the costume design is like very borderline 90s i mean the 90s style. isn't just the 90s it's the late 80s you know yeah it's it, like all this stuff leads into one yeah another. no it's the, the memphis art style it's catching on it's all crazy and he's like also colorful. got that weird cheetah print vest like the ferris bueller thing that was popular at the time i don't know <laughs> yeah like it wasn't cheetah print it was like kind of striped thing okay yeah it? no ferris bueller had a cheetah print but yeah like yeah ferris had one <laughs> But yeah, Mark, I don't know, I do love Mark, and I love the Phantom Prowler, which is his comic book character. and Hideous comic book character. No, it's, but, but it's very, very, Frank very late 80s, early 90s. Very Frank Miller, dark horse looking, like just uber badass with like guns and, yeah. and his bandana looking mask. If you and, think about it, all three are kind of Frank Miller inspired. You know, there's like, there's the, the there's Traven, Tregan, Tregan, Tegan. The, in the in the third one, Taryn. 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 She's kind of like Frank Miller looking with the, oh, with the mohawk and everything. Yeah. And then you got the ninja character, incredibly Frank Millery. And then this one is more like Sin City. God, imagine Frank Miller going back and rewriting these three movies. Like, I mean, Frank well, he Miller's... was offered to write one of them. Really? Yeah. Which, which one? The I think it was the oh, it was the fourth one. Wow! Imagine '80s Frank Miller doing a Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master. I feel like it would be similar to RoboCop too, and Alan Moore, which is another Frank Miller. Wait, Alan Moore was offered a Nightmare uh-huh. on Elm Street. He just what did he say? No, probably. <laughs> oh my he just god! Says he was offered. Didn't say what he said. Oh my god! I'll do it for money. <laughs> no, we can't give you money. Go fuck yourself. But we can put your name on a movie that might suck. (laughs) What do you think of that, Alan Moore? (laughs) God, the idea, though, the thought of Frank Miller doing Nightmare 4 just sounds so cool. So accurate. What's a good good movie that Frank Miller wrote? Not Uh, counting Sin City. Didn't he write RoboCop 2? That's what I'm saying. Like, so RoboCop Two is not completely terrible. No, no, I agree. But he's I like, like they didn't. Two. I don't like they didn't use enough of my script. Um, we they use enough of it for three, and it sucked. <laughs> yeah, that's a trilogy we'll do. Yeah. I like Tom Noonan in RoboCop Two. Yeah, I mm. like the little kid who swears a lot. <laughs> but Can't uh, shoot a kid, can you, fucker? I like RoboCop Two in that one. Guys, we totally, we totally got to do RoboCop one day. I would love to do RoboCop trilogy. I so might... you could do two approaches to that you do the RoboCop trilogy, or you could do the um, like a good sci-fi trilogy from uh, Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, it would be Battle uh, Starship Troopers, Total Recall, and RoboCop. Yep. Oh, oh my you, God. And then you can just save the sequels and put them with the reboot one, and then you could just do that. Or you could save the third one for the Fred Decker trilogy. Oh, God. Oh, I don't know yeah. if I want to do that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, don't you don't like Monster Squad, but Night of the Creeps is solid. Yeah, it is. Ooh, Monster Squad is great. But any, anyways, though, so, uh, yeah, Greta's death is really scary, is kind of horrifying, too. Like, just the idea of being force-fed to death. So this, that scene feels, it's interesting that society came out at the same time, because that scene almost feels very like Very shunting-like. Yeah, yeah, because, like, all the rich people and everything, and like, oh, 
Look at how embarrassing. <laughs> now, 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 you see, that's not what I, I, get, I haven't seen Society. So the one that I thought of was Beetlejuice in the dinner scene. It's still very, yeah, Beetlejuice in these movies are, Beetlejuice is sort of like the kid-friendly Freddy. Yeah. Imagine Beetlejuice versus Freddy Krueger. Imagine I mean, Freddy Krueger getting a cartoon show like Beetlejuice did. That Ooh. would be amazing. That would be kind of great, especially if he was like kind of a good guy. Yeah, if like he was a good with Beetlejuice. What if, I mean, like what, the if 80s... After, what if after Nancy beat him up, they became friends and then they go on crazy leads, dream adventures? He, he becomes the a dream, dream warriors. Yeah, he becomes a dream therapist. Freddy and the Dream Warriors. And you know, in the eighties, they had an affinity for making kids' cartoon shows out of R-rated franchises. Like Rambo got a series. Robocop. Robocop got the series. <laughs> like so weird. Toxic of Toxic fucking Avenger had a cartoon show. Toxian pals. So it's like, a, why did a Freddy cartoon not happen? We got the the uh, the show. Um, yeah, the Freddy's Nightmares. Freddy's Nightmares. So yeah. Just visually picture it, if you would, though, like a '90s X Men style show, but it's about all the slashers. That'd be fun. So it's I'm, like I'm a, suicide, of, a Suicide Squad with slashers. That'd be a lot of fun. I'm kind of more envisioning. I'm kind of more envisioning a Freddy show done in that style, where it's like if Freddy, it was a Freddy show, they would have to be like Captain Planet, where they all have to their nightmares combine to summon him. <laughs> Man, I I feel like someone needs to make it. Like you, you ever see uh, the video on YouTube, uh, Saturday Morning Watchmen? Yes, by uh, yes, Harry of Partridge. course, it's a classic. Someone yeah. needs to do Freddy and the Dream Warriors like that style and you'd have to do like a fun version of the don't want to dream no more oh yeah you need more a more upbeat version of the dream yeah. warriors song from Dokken. like he shoots at like maybe he like shoots out his tendons and there and he uses them like omega red yeah <laughs> be kind of like lion's rendition of the transformers theme from the 86 movie although you know it would be fun if like somebody ever had like a psycho Gorman relationship with freddy <laughs> Where like he hate he hates it, but that he has to do whatever they say. Yeah. It'd be like that would be the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. God yeah, damn it would it. be the Grim there Adventures are, of Billy and Mandy. There this. are so many great ideas being thrown around right now, and I hope someone steals one of them and does it. <laughs> there was yeah no I mean I'd love we got we need more Freddy you know yeah we do it's been so long since we've had the character but we'll get into that at the end of yeah we'll, this we'll segment. go into it at the end of yeah but just, uh, but yeah so like back to the deaths. Though, uh, like, Greta's shunting-esque force-feeding kill is very horrifying in concept. But Her very... cheeks kind of, like, pop out, right? Yeah, like, so she looks like giant... the Eraserhead girl. Which, yeah. which brings me to this. So, Nightmare 4, and even 3 to an extent, the makeup effects for the kills look grotesque. Like, you have Philip in 3 with his tendons forming oh, the God, marionette yeah. strings. Mm-hmm. You have, um, what's, uh, you have... Debbie in the weight room being turned into the cockroach. Oh, and even even Sheila in the classroom getting just totally vacuumed out by Freddy looks horrifying. Whereas in this one, all the kills, like the makeup effects, literally look like guar makeup effects. No, they're very plasticky. Freddy himself looks very rubbery, plasticky. Yeah, he's not gooey at all. He's very dry. It's very rubbery. But this is also uh, the first one where they got real scrutiny from the MPAA. Yeah. yeah. 89 was not a good year for for, cen- for censorship because I know, dude. Like, who are you protecting? Which yeah. I guess would make sense. Well, so I guess since they got all that attention from the MPAA, I guess that's why the rubbery look is kind of the one that went on after this because this is kind of the look that he has in Freddy's Dead, New Nightmare. Now and like, but so as cool as it is when the kid turns into the Phantom Prowler, 
Mm-hmm. Like the actual death is really anticlimactic. Like he turns him into paper and shreds him. Uh, Which in concept, I like that idea. There should be blood though. Yeah, exactly. You know? What if you there cut him and there blood. was blood? Like I don't the, know. I really like the artistic look of him shredded and then his color is leaving him in a pool. I really like the look of that. I, that I feels like, that like more something out of our Freddy cartoon. <laughs> yeah, that feels like something out of our Freddy cartoon where she's like fighting some kind of like cartoon monster. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but no. Um, so yeah, yeah. Mark Mark's death is. I I like the scene. I I, I like uh his first encounter with Freddy when Alice just like falls asleep and then she finds herself at fourteen twenty eight Elm Street. Yeah, and that's she goes we in. We didn't really have originally was like people actually getting away. And she goes mm-hmm. in and finds him hanging into the giant butthole in the middle of the floor, about to fall in. <laughs> oh, and it's like he falls on. It's like, oh, it's just painted. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one of those chalk drawings that you see, and you're like, oh, the, the sidewalk's really deep. <laughs> but um, so yeah, and uh, what's this is Yvonne's, get Yvonne's getting attacked in the pool. Well, we don't we don't get that just yet. First, we get them the actual teamwork aspect starting to formulate, and then that's broken up when we meet Moose's parents again. Yeah, they know that. So yeah, so she ends up in the hospital, and they tell her that she's pregnant. She's yeah. So yeah, she, that's after it's after she falls in shock. And she faints outside of Dan's. Seeing Moose car. die. And then, oh yeah, because it explodes right down the road from the diner. Yeah, yeah, coincidence, right? No, <laughs> but yeah, and so uh, she faints, and she in the she's in the hospital, and that's when she learns she's pregnant. But later on, though, after Debbie's death, or no, not death, fuck, uh, after um, Greta, yeah, after Greta's death, then she goes to the hospital and she gets an ultrasound done. Yeah, which like, much we- to much to y- Yvonne's annoyance because it's like a weekend, and she's got to drag the doctor in and. And the doctor's annoyed too. He's like, "There's no reason to be doing an old." And this is such a. This really shows you the patriarchy because he just like immediately calls the parents of because she has the a dad. Of the she guy. has she has a nightmare freak out <clears throat> in the in, during the ultrasound. No, yeah. she's talking about how like Freddie's feeding the fetus soul. And so there's just a shot of him like, "Well, this lady's crazy." Which, you know, since when have you ever called the cop called anybody about a crazy pregnant woman? I don't know. I mean, I guess from his point of view, there's a weird lady like talking about these feeding souls. And so yeah, the so yeah, Moose's parents uh, they offer to buy, they want to adopt the the baby and raise it as their own because Alice is crazy. Yeah, they like, have a few years left that, in them. I'm sure. We'll love him like our own child. The yeah. one you murdered. The one you murdered. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how she talked. Like Jaja Gabor, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that I can't believe they brought back Jaja Gabor, Jaja Gabor for this and, one? Uh, and Bob Newhart came to play the parents. Bob Newhart, <laughs> I'm making a rescuers reference, but uh, oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, that would be great. But yeah, yeah so uh, so now you know she's possibly crazy in the eyes of the authorities, and uh, she could lose her baby, and so. Uh, she, uh, they gotta double down on trying to find out what's up. Everyone's so, gonna think I'm crazy if I don't stop this dream demon. So, <laughs> a dreamin', if you will. So, uh, she learns though in one of these dreams, she learns from Amanda Kruger 
that apparently like her remit she needs to be freed or something like that and she's locked in this tower at weston hills which now resembles arkham asylum <laughs> yeah. for some reason oh and let's not also forget that apparently uh, you know, even though in three we saw a very clear grave that said Amanda Krueger, and this mm-hmm. one it's revealed, no, she was buried in an unmarked grave. No, her <laughs> remains. No, no, her remains are in the tower. The grave is empty. No, yeah, that, no, that, that's well, what they, I'm trying to say. She, is that she hung we herself. We saw a fucking grave in the third one, and apparently yeah. that isn't actual. There isn't a grave. Even. Yeah. No, and it's like she. She hung herself, and they never found the body. And I'm like, so how do you know she hung herself, you stupid idiot? <laughs> it, the the detective who saw it had like a you know obje- object permanence problems, so he's like, oh my god. Then turned around, and was like, oh, what was I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> he had memento disease. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna go home, guys. <laughs> uh, I think but, I saw someone kill themselves. I'm not sure. But yeah, so it's after this though, this revelation. This is when Greta is a or not Greta. Fuck. This is when Yvonne is attacked finally when she's at the the pool. And so this is a really great do? scene too. I, I like this scene a lot where she's on the diving board and it starts to split apart and become it starts to kinda like look like the bridge in Evil Dead Two where it's yeah. curled back. Yep. Oh yeah. But uh she goes for the dive. It's very poor form. And uh and then uh Very as she, I love this shot though where the camera's falling towards the water and then it just fades, transitions into the mucky like boiler room water and uh just looks disgusting. And this is when Al- Alice is actually in the asylum looking for Amanda's remains at this point when she's pulled into this dream because they're baby's a fucking asshole and won't stop dreaming yeah <laughs> yeah stupid asshole baby so yeah and, which uh, speaking do of meet, do we meet that kid yet little creepy jacob we have met him yeah, already we, we he, did meet him he was in the hospital with her and he was talking about how he can't wait to go get harassed by sam neil in the desert in jurassic park yeah <laughs> sam pointed out that it's like it's like that kid looks really familiar and we looked him up and it's like the kid from the opening of Jurassic Park. It's like it looks like a six foot tall turkey to me. <laughs> Slit you across your belly, <laughs> spilling your intestines out. Yeah, he's got the like point the claw is, and he walks up and just The point is, you are alive when they begin to eat you. So show a little more respect. So that to that six foot tall turkey. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been more funny if that kid got eaten later? <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> Hey, there's still Jurassic World Dominion. You never know. We might. They're going to bring back Sam Neill, right? Yes. Yeah, the, the original three are coming back. What? Laura Dern taking taking a break from HBO shows. Yeah. But anyway, so we get Alice pulled into this fucked up dream now with uh, Yvonne being harassed by Freddy. And, uh, yeah, she actually escapes. We get the badass bit where Alice impales Freddy through the head with the pool net. Oh, yeah. That was yeah, great. that was pretty awesome. Uh, that scene makes me uncomfortable. Dirty water yeah. is, like, <laughs> something I hate. Uh. <laughs> I hate, like, walking through water, and I hate dirty water. It's just the most disgusting thing. Are you me. telling me you don't like the multicolored puddles at the gas station? No, that's fine. I just mean, like... <laughs> Like public restrooms at like a water park where there's just gray water all over the floor. Uh, and you gotta walk through barefoot like, oh god. <laughs> That's scarier than any fucking child murderer with a burnt face. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. Just make me walk bare through, barefoot so, through like a gross puddle. So now after this though, 
all the friend group that's left, they're on board with the plan. They're, they agree Freddy's the threat. And so <laughs> Yvonne is going to... Uh, or no. I forget where we are now, but like next up is Mark's death. And, yeah, Mark, uh, Mark turns into the Phantom Prowler and he's going to get revenge on Freddy for killing the girl that he loved. But he then lead limp dick. And then Freddy <laughs> turns into Super Freddy. Oh, I love that. Yeah, he's like got a... <laughs> He seems to be played by like an African American dude. It's the it's the it is the one time in the original series that Freddy is not played by Robert England. He looks Physically like Kane Hodder, but it's not. He, it's a, big a, old he, he does the guy. he does the voice for Super Freddy, but it's not him in the makeup for there. It's a, a stuntman or something like that. I wonder if it's anybody. Let me look it up. But uh, I I I I rather like this sequence. Like I I like watching Freddy on the skateboard with the with the claws on the on the ends. (laughs) I blocked that out. Oh man! (laughs) See, this is what I'm telling you. This movie's great. It's fun. No, it's not. It's it's hilarious. I I also think it's funny, and I like how they point this out. Uh, uh, Greta points this out during the graduation scene. Where uh, Mark is weirded out and afraid of blood, like he gets all wee- queasy and like lightheaded whenever there's blood around. Yet his comics are all brutal Frank Miller esque uh, creations where people are being blown apart and shot to pieces and whatnot. Well, I mean, if you look at him, it's like kind of the more silhouette chunks kind of yeah. thing. Like he, and I mean, you know, you you'd got you'd have to admit there is a difference between seeing like drawn violence and actual violence. No. It's it's like yeah, like yeah. I love these movies, but I don't watch fucking, um, you know. There's a difference. I don't, watch, I don't di- watch people getting decapitated on Live Leak. Yeah. Wait, so you're telling me you did not spend time on Rotten.com as a kid? No. No. <laughs> Good, me neither. I heard. Ab- I heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, as dark as as dark as I ever got was Newgrounds, bro. Yes. Yeah, yep. Although I love the meme I've seen lately where it's all the Ninja Turtles and Splinter uh, gathered around a computer, and the caption is just "My friends and I in, in 1999 watching a man die on Rotten.com." <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Dude, imagine imagine a website for like a rotten.com website but for horror movies like all the victims in horror movies like autopsy reports and stuff oh, like God. that. I remember there used there used to be a website years and years ago that had all these horror franchises and you could actually go through and look at the body counts for all of them and they had like somewhat kind of like medical like medical examiner notes for each of the kills and stuff like that and uh oh, that's fun i wish i could remember what the website was i mean it's probably not even there anymore but wow okay so you guys remember the michael berryman role in hills have eyes uh yeah no so pluto okay yeah so michael bailey smith who plays super freddy played that role in the remake really yeah oh wow Interesting. Wait, yeah, Michael a, Berryman Smith. No, Michael Bailey Smith, but Michael Berryman is the bald guy. No, I know him. Yeah. But this guy's uh he was in Charmed and stuff. He played Super Freddy. Oh, that guy. I thought that that was Derek Mears who played that Oh my character. god, he played the thing in the Roger Corman Fantastic 4, you guys. Uh Super Freddy played the thing in the original Roger Corman Fantastic 4, you oh, guys. Oh, that's fun. That's another trilogy, guys. We that's have... a movie nobody has ever seen. I've watched it. Wow, I totally Mandela'd myself into thinking that Derek Mears, the guy that took over Jason in the remake, played 
Pluto in the remake of Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> no, he's in Hills Have Eyes 2 as somebody else. That's right. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, he's some other character. He's one of the baldies. A lot Man, of bald I, monsters in the desert. The Man, I need, I need to go back and revisit the Hills Have Eyes remakes because those movies fucking rule. <laughs> yeah, second one's cool. It's got a lot more. Second I, one's... I like the kills in the second one, but... But we're, we're getting off track, though. So, uh... Mark is killed in hilarious fashion with all his color being drained yeah, out. Yeah, he gets cut and his color drains out and then he gets shredded and then... Which I like that idea, the concept of a paper person being shredded apart by Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. But, um be better if there was blood and uh so this is around when yvonne goes to the asylum to find amanda's remains because uh alice's dad's trying to take her home so what do they do is it just opening the door that lets her soul free I, no I there's guess, a no, no 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 no. there's a uh, a big brick wall that's blocking the door and he's got, she's got to break that down to go okay so ghosts ghosts can't go through walls no exactly not Okay. She needs Freddy's help to materialize through that solid wall. I mean, right, there's even right, a window right. there, but I guess ghosts also can't fly. Yeah, it felt like a bit of a vertigo homage. A little bit. Like the, the nurse in the tower at the end. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, the, the nun, I mean. Maybe. <sighs> Young nun full of cum. <laughs> but uh, where do we go from here, though? Well, let's uh, talk about the... I've tried, so like they end up back at the church, right? Kind of. Oh, which no, reminds me. No, they don't me. go to the oh. church. They go to some other place Man, instead. That the, reminds the Esh- me. The Escher Room? Yeah, the, the Escher Room. You mentioning the church, though, reminds me of my biggest gripe with this movie, full of gripes to pick with this movie, in Freddy's resurrection scene. What the fuck is going on with the man's feet? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah his feet look really messed up in the resurrection scene. He's got, like, finger-length fucking toes on all all both of his feet and it looks so unsettling and the fact that there's probably some freaks out there that would fetishize those feet makes me sick to my stomach (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah that's my one gripe with the big gripe with this movie is fucking god damn it i hate freddy krueger's bare feet (laughs) yeah he's just he's normally wearing like uh i think nike yeah, <laughs> he's got his Tims just on. Do just do it. No, he's got his Tims on. <laughs> Be cute if he's wearing Converse. <laughs> so okay, so like her son is trying. Freddie's trying to use him as a new vessel. Yeah, yes. kind of like kind of like Kincaid's dog or Seed of Chucky. Yeah, or Seed of Chucky. Yeah. Um, and we also get to go into the Escher room, which by the way, the Escher room. it's like going into. It's like you know, like how Briggs mentioned that the it's like a Paul Abdul video. <laughs> the set design in the last one kind of reminds him of Hellraiser two, where there's like some interesting things, and then there's like bad like wall paintings for the background, and this one is just basically that, but worse. <laughs> it's like just really painfully bad backgrounds. No, and like so. It just gets theatrical, essentially, like 90s movies. And once Yvonne finds the remains, Amanda Kruger comes in and she's like, you have to use your powers, Jacob. And then Jacob does the stupidest thing ever, <laughs> which is he turns to the camera and he's got... He's, he's got, got Freddy makeup. He's got Freddy makeup. He's like, I want to stay with you, Freddy. She's Teach me no, a few things. She's no fun. We get baby Freddy way but two decades before baby Yoda. It's adorable. And then what does the kid do? He uh, uh, no he he goes up and uh, he goes up and grabs Freddy's hand or something like that and uh, and that's when uh, 
Amanda is like, now, Jacob, use your power. And he looks over at school's out, Kruger. And he, like, vomits something out onto him or something. And then Kruger turns into a tiny baby. Which yeah. Amanda picks up and I guess well, that's just back absorbs in her back womb. into her womb. Also, if you remember, like, and then the three people that died, they their faces come out of Freddy like, uh, like big, like, like big stretchy ball versions of what happened. Oh yeah. yeah. So like they get he's got the Fran Prowler helmet. Moose looks like a <laughs> Tetsuo like, head, yeah, and the girl like... has her little eraser head cheeks. Yep. <laughs> Probably one of the lowest body counts of any nightmare movie, though. Yeah, it, it is. It totally, it's like is. three deaths. Three deaths, and that's it. That's like I think about as low as a new nightmare. Yeah, Maybe. I think so. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's not great looking. She absorbs wo- She absorbs deformed fetus Freddy back into her womb. Alice absorbs little Jurassic Park boy into her womb, and it's all peaceful, tranquil looking. And then she goes and leaves, and then we get this cool ending, cool-ish ending shot where we see Amanda Kruger backlit in this doorway, and Freddy's hand bursts out of her stomach like he's she's fighting the glove hand, yeah. and the doors just keep slamming and blowing open. That must have been style. like one of those. That's kind of like. So you guys remember that joke you used to do where you'd like hold one sleeve of your jacket and then you'd pretend that you have something yeah. coming out of your she's essentially just doing that right yeah <laughs> they do that in regular show in re- I was just gonna say like don't look at our crutches while we don't look at our crutches while we synchronize our watches but yeah and then cut to I guess a few months later yeah Vaughn's alive she's got a baby and i guess they just guess let they just let it go about the whole crazy thing we're in 1990 now i guess we're in 1990 yeah it's definitely 1990 I'm megadeth's glad. about to release rust in peace hw is still a president tarantino's making a black and white movie that will never see the light of day <laughs> but uh in the end freddy's dead forever i guess never ever coming back no we more do sequels. we we do get the cameo of the little girls in white singing and doing jump rope at the very end though. Yep. It's like some kind of like I don't know. More will come. Yeah, yeah they always <laughs> they always at least with Freddy they always leave room for a sequel. Of Except for Freddy's Dead, ironically. Yeah, no, that that's was the only one that ends with like just like with J- just, just like with yeah. Jason goes to hell. They want planned that as a definitive end no but jason goes to hell has the cliffhanger ending where freddy's claw steel comes out yeah no new line wasn't great at doing cliffhangers so that was like yeah but anyways so that's jason goes to hell so that's that's the dream child and uh i wish we didn't have to end on this yeah it's like bad. so like well we, you know what we'll, last sunday we had such a fun time watching these movies because then we also went and saw scream five <laughs> at the theater so five that was cream five cream and that was man what a fun day guys oh yeah, yeah. it's Great the first time. time it's the first time we've killed one of these trilogies in one sitting yeah well these are yeah and it's easier when these the Scream movies are like fucking... Two all of them are... Each. Yeah, they're like an hour 50 at least. I think the, the shortest Scream movie is an hour 52 minutes. Scream 2 does not need to be two hours long, you guys. No, it does not. But, um... But, yeah, what do we... Uh, what do we want to go ahead and rate Dream Child? Oh, I'll rate it. Uh, I'm going to give this one... I'm going to give this... For nostalgic purposes, I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10. I was going to go with 6 out of 10 as well. I give this a 7 out of 10. It's entertaining. It's got fun characters. It's still very creative. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I love these movies. You know, the franchise is fun. What do we want to rate this trilogy as a whole? Oh, I'll give it 10 out of 10. Yeah, me too. Because was, this was a fun trilogy. It flowed really well into these, each other. These oh, yeah. were some of the first slashers that I ever owned on VHS was uh, 3 and 4. And... Uh, and five, I eventually on DVD. Like I, you got the the DVD set down there. I have that DVD set as well, just without the box or the booklet. But I watched that shit religiously growing yeah, up. Yeah, no, I got a. Some of you guys may know this old book set where it's uh, Freddy in his trench coat look from New Nightmare. Yeah. So like each one of the DVDs forms the image of Freddy's back. Yeah. Pretty uh, cool. But um, I don't have a box set, even though this is my favorite slasher. But yeah, so. Of course, they would go on to quote unquote kill Freddy, and Freddy's dead after this, and then only they would kill him even more with a new nightmare. Yeah, in a more meta fashion. But uh, you know, nightmare as a whole, though, like, and I've mentioned this to Sam. I feel like the nightmare franchise is a movie where, e- or is a franchise where, even at its lowest point, excluding the remake, it it's still above leaps and bounds above the other three big four franchises there you you can't watch this franchise front to back and find a halloween resurrection you can't find a jason goes to hell or takes manhattan you can't find a texas chainsaw next generation in this franchise it's not there granted there are entries that are not as good as others like dream child and like freddy's Freddy's Dead. dead but even those movies you can have fun with in a way. No, so. there's something to recommend about each of them. And even A New Nightmare is not like the worst movie ever made. No, it's not. I, no, like, the, I, like, I like making Freddy scary. I like yeah. the the look of New Nightmare. Like I think that's the most horrorish that uh, Freddy's ever actually been is in that one. Like, you know, first one, you know, he's kind of all right, but he's mostly in shadow. And then after that, that's when he, that, I believe from that him. design, they make him more cartoonish. And I just really like the look of the trench coat, and I like the hat, and I like the claw hand as, as a look. I think that's really cool. I believe him more as a child predator with the trench coat look than I do with the sweater look, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sweater sticks out too much if you're really going to be murdering kids. Exactly. But, it's um, too iconic looking. This is a great franchise, and I, I love it. It's not my favorite out of the big franchises. I'm a Friday guy. You all know that by now. But no, I, I still love these movies to no end. Mm-hmm. No, and I would rather watch these than, you know, the Halloween franchise, honestly. But, like, I don't know. I really like Friday just as a as a watch. I really love just the comfort of, you know, going to summer camp and dying. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, at this point now, it's 2022 right now. This is the longest stretch we've gone without Freddy Krueger on screen. No, we haven't guys. had Freddy or yeah. Jason in a very long time. The it's last crazy. time we saw Freddy on screen was that shitty remake. In no. that was in 2010. Last so it's time been... we saw Freddy on screen was in the Goldbergs when Robert England did the makeup again. So let me rephrase <laughs> that. The last time we saw Freddy in the movie theater <laughs> was in uh, was in 2010 in that shitty remake. So it's like, what about? Ready Player One. I'm not counting that. You mean Freddy Player One? Ah. Uh. <laughs> no, but so when so for those of you that don't know though, after at a certain point in the past few years, the rights to the Nightmare franchise reverted from New Line and Warner Brothers to back the to the Craven West Craven Estate. estate. And so wow. Craven's estate 
owns the rights to this property now, and they are actively looking for people to bring it back. They want a new Freddy movie. Spectre Vision has been trying to throw their hat into that ring for a long time, and well, I really hope they get it. Yeah. I think that... Um... Spectre Vision, if uh, Mike Judge did it. Not Mike Judge. Mike Judge. Mike Flanagan. Yeah. uh, The guy who did um, Haunting of Hill House and all that. Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep. Yeah, he would do a great fucking nightmare. Well, now I think I want to see Mike Judge do it. I think. (laughs) Let's see how he does with horror. I'll tell you what. (laughs) I'll tell you what. (laughs) Honestly, after last weekend... You know who I would honestly like to oh, see give it a see shot? Radio Silence. I wouldn't mind seeing Radio Silence oh, give yeah, it a shot. Oh, yeah, Radio Silence yeah. might do a good job. But like, what I like about Radio Silence is that they do very grounded horror. So Which would be so cool to see them yeah, take no. on Freddy. Well, no. what if, uh, how about the the guy that does um, the fucking, the, the lighthouse? Robert, Robert Eggers? Eggers? Oh, God. That'd be pretty neat. Imagine an A24 Freddy. That would be, Freddy wouldn't show up until like the last no. half if we're going that route, imagine an Ari Aster Freddy Krueger movie. Now, Ari Aster oh, yeah. Freddy Krueger, you would essentially have, yeah, the story of, like, you'd have, like, a story like Dream Warriors, you know, where it's very about trauma, you know? Yes. That would be a terrifying nightmare movie. That would be, oh, man, that'd be great, actually, because, like, yeah, like, if she's traumatized about something that's not even have to do with Freddy and he's just using that against her. Yeah. I know we've all had our ideas on ways to bring Freddy back, but mm-hmm. uh, that's I, I haven't. No? No. Really? I no. thought you did. No, Sam did. Hmm. Oh. No, I wanted to do, like, just a new visual take on him. Oh, Wait, yeah. hold on. Did you confuse my idea that Chris and thought Chris did it? No, I remember your idea, but okay. I could have sworn he had an idea also. I think Sam kind of. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm putting my stock on Sam's idea. Yeah, <laughs> but either way, so we love Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street. Street. We love Freddy. We've uh, we're we've almost done all the big slashers at this point. Almost. Yeah. I, I just want to also close out with saying that I think also these movies are like a very feminist slasher series. Like, I mean, for the most part, it's mostly women that solve the issue and like get the job done. They're uh, not really as degraded as much as in uh, like Friday, for instance. Where... Exactly. There's very little female nudity, at least of the main characters. Yeah. Like, which is good. There's really like, little nudity in general. Much like uh, Scream. There it is, though. Wes Craven does a solid job of making great lead female characters in horror that, yeah. that get the job done and fight the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, man. I've been uh, itching to rewatch some of his 90s stuff. Like, I really want to watch People Under the Stairs. Yeah, buddy! That's my favorite Craven film. Yeah, that's probably that's one of my favorite horror movies overall is People Under the Stairs. And that's, like, that's classic social horror where, you <laughs> know, you're making a socialist st- uh, uh, a statement about society while making a really good horror movie. Society. 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 But, uh, so this was a fun episode. We're going to take a brief detour from horror going into March, though, because March we've got a very, very big, iconic Hollywood classic turning well, 50 years old. What series are we going to be doing? <laughs> well, Marlon Brando. Hi, you guys. It's me, Marlon Brando. I, I, I stay in the attic sometimes. What are you doing with all that food? I, uh, I was just having a little a little afternoon snack. <laughs> for its fiftieth anniversary, for the fiftieth anniversary of the first movie, we are going to be tackling the Godfather trilogy for March. You know they had the right my lines on the baby's diaper and Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know that? 
Oh, I'm one of the greatest actors of my generation or any generation. <laughs> I'm uh, looking forward to this because I I've still never seen a full Godfather movie front to back. I've seen bits and pieces of the first two. I mean, these are all movies that I used to just watch on AMC. Yeah, you know, they would just be on and. I like. I was telling my dad, it's like I didn't realize how violent a lot of these movies were until oh. I watched the DVD versions. Yeah, they're insanely violent. It's like I'd seen Friday and the Nightmare movies all on AMC. Yeah, it's like okay, you know? <laughs> and, then, and then you watch me like, oh fuck. It's like but, I had no idea. I had never seen that scene where Jason falls onto the machete and like yeah. his head is like. I was like, wow, that really messed me up the first time I saw that. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to digging into some Godfather next month. So yeah, and I've never actually seen Godfather three, so we're got, we're going in as objective as possible. Sam, you've seen it? I have seen all three of them. Yeah, I Sam's sat the, one Sam's day the and I watched here. all three of the Godfather we, films in one sitting. We're still debating uh, on whether or not we're going to do the original Godfather three that was released theatrically, or if we're going to do the new re- version that I Coppola wanna, just did. I'd like I want to give him a fair shake and try the new one. I want to yeah. do the new one too. Like okay. uh, I, as I'll be the judge. Uh, Godfather Three sucks. Let's see if Coppola fixed it in some way. Well, All everyone's right. like, "Oh, Sofia Coppola is a much better director than she is an actress." It's like, well, she's not much of a director, so what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, but she's a pretty awful actress. So. I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. So oh, I don't think I gave my rating for the trilogy. Oh, uh, eight out of ten for very fun and uh, in my opinion, kind of uh, you know, definitely has like you said. St- great story arc in all in between all three with the first one being like a the hobbit to the start of the trilogy yeah. <laughs> and part two is uh, the silmarillion no no that's not it new nightmares the silmarillion <laughs> uh, all right triptych podcast show yeah. tell your friends tell your enemies and follow us on instagram yeah, and we're socials on, we're at team insomniac films uh, Sam. Yeah, oh, and we're, we're, on, and we're on Twitter as well, Team Insomniac Films. We're, we're in team, we're team Insomniac Films F. Uh, no, Team Insomniac FL on Twitter. So definitely check us out. We'll be posting a lot of our episodes there, including any production for new short films we're doing. And you can also follow me and my art as Big Boss Tune on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow me at Briggs underscore Metal Revolution on Instagram. Don't follow me on Facebook. I got enough friends there already. Yeah, too many friends. And this has been a, another. Comp- this is this is actually our cubed completion of the trilogy. We just wrapped up a uh, the the ninth episode. So this is the you know the end to a cubing of all three. So movies, it's a, if we've you done a trilogy, a trilogy, a trilogy of trilogies. This yep. episode is our Rise of Skywalker. This is our Rise of Skywalker, everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys in March. Later. <laughs>